Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. I'd love to talk about a couple of the signs of when the guy is just blatantly only in it for sex and we may not see the signs. Okay. So, as always, quick disclaimer, like, you know, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Of course. And sometimes it can still get confusing, but I think these are very strong signs that will typically mean this is what it is. Number one, he doesn't want to take you anywhere. All right? Again, as I said earlier, the guy who just wants to have sex is trying to get... Is trying to get the, the most for the least effort, okay? So a lot. I've had situations where the guy will only tell him to come to his house or want to go to her house. Mm-hmm. I've had situations where the guy only wants to go to a hotel room, all right? That's the only place that he'll meet up with the woman. They're not trying to be out and about with you, okay? It is extremely rare for a guy with genuine intent not to make some kind of accommodations to take you out. So if he's 100% refusing it, everything is about being at his house or yours, he just wants sex. Plain and simple. All right? I think the the second thing is that he doesn't respect your want, your desire to want to wait for it. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing for, um, let's say you're a woman, you're going on a date with this man, and you let him know, hey, listen, I'm not into rushing into that. I want to take my time. I don't know when. This is going to take a while. If he's all about sex, again, most guys are dropping you at that point. Plain and simple. There are going to be some who will hang on because they're going to try to see they can maneuver through this. But most guys are dropping. And when I say dropping you at that point, they will continue with the actual date maybe. But they're not going to be hitting you up consistently after that and all these things. If you made it clear that sex is kind of off the table at this point. All right? So I think that establishing that early and seeing how they handle it is going to tell you a lot of where their head is at. Mm. Because again, the guy who wants you for more than that is going to be more considerate, more respectful, be willing to be more patient. Those guys, they don't have the patience for that. Because in their head, well, I can go have sex with someone else. And if a woman says, well, yeah, well, they can keep talking to you while they're having sex with other people. Yes. But the chances that they will show up in other ways in that relationship while waiting is extremely unlikely. So to be, as I mentioned earlier, to be talking to you every day, to be going on multiple dates, all that just to have sex? No, not in most cases. So I think that it, how, how patient he is willing to be with it. And what I was going to mention is, now, if you say that to him, he says, okay, cool. I respect that. I'm willing to wait. And let's say it's a date later and you guys have sex. That's different because he was willing to wait, but in the mm. natural flow, things still happen. Mm. Okay, so be it. Now, if he pressured you into it, that's a whole different story. And that's another thing. It's one thing for that man to verbally say, I respect it. But how is his behavior? Is he still trying to pressure it? Is he still pushing? Is he still showing a man who's not honoring your boundaries? This is telling you he just really wants sex. Mm. Because again, if he likes you too much, he does not want to offend you in a way that will cause him to lose out on you. So another one that I can uh, mention is he never wants to see you when you're on your period. 
So again, it boils down to, it's such a huge sign of his value of you is sexually and that's it. Because if you're not available sexually, mm-hmm. he does not want to be available to you. And so whether it's because sometimes he doesn't know you're on your period. So whether it's, okay, you come over. I was going to say, you know, some people are like, I ain't going to tell him. Yeah, this exactly. is going to be the test. <laughs> exactly. You don't tell him. And I think you should tell him. You should tell him in advance. Because if you tell him, hey, I'm on my period this weekend or this week or today, do you want me to come over? Or don't even say, do you want me to come over? Because again, as I said That's, earlier, yeah. men have a hard time rejecting. Oh, and also in you asking, it's basically make, you do sound like, hey, then this is just sex. Like you're almost giving them permission exactly. that if you ask them that it's Yes. Them. So just saying, hey, I'm just letting you know just in case it's an issue or whatever, I'm on my period. Now, if he's like, all right, well, you know what? Let's just go see each other another time. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> red freaking flag. That's a red flag. Yes, it's a red flag. And I, and I I feel the need to mention this for the women who are in a casual situation, like you can't be mad at that if it is an established casual situation. Very right? I don't know why I felt the need to mention that, that's but no, you know, um, but yes, if you guys are dating and you're trying to evaluate what this is, yeah, if if he doesn't want to see you when you're on it, it's a problem. Or let's just say you forget to mention it. I don't know how you would forget, but let's just say you did. And you get there. Why do I forget? Because to you, that may not be the primary thing. You just want to hang out with them. Good point. You're not realizing how it might be an issue. Yeah, like if you're into the relationship, you're not thinking necessarily they're only going to want to see me because of this. Exactly. So now let's say you go over, you guys are hanging out, he makes his move, and he said, oh no, I'm on my period. If he starts to have an attitude after that, Mm. if he starts to try to wrap up the date really fast, all red flags. All that is showing you, yeah. Because again, if I like you for more than that, I'm not stressing that you're on your period mm-hmm. right now. I still want to hang out with you. I still want to enjoy you. If we're being technical, there's still other sexual options depending on what people are into anyways. But I think that, yeah, that guy who's serious about you is going to be more like, okay, cool. Like He may, he may be a little disappointed because he was looking forward to it happening, but he's not going to be like, okay, get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And cut the date short. So definitely the period one is another big one. Um, Another one to consider is just never wanting to express his intentions with you. Like, I think think at this point in society, we need to accept that there are certain phrases that are pretty much code for, I just want to have fun and be casual. And which phrases are they? Let's go with the flow. (laughs) Um, You know, let's just enjoy ourselves, have fun. Um... You know, I don't, I don't want anything, anytime, anything that says I don't want anything serious or I'm not trying to worry about anything serious or just any vagueness, any vagueness, all right, is telling you the chances are that person just wants to have sex and have fun. Now, I feel the need to also mention this because this is where it can get confusing as well. There are some men who may not be all about having sex with you still want to hang out with you and enjoy you, yet still have no serious intention with you. That can happen, all right? But again, I think that those men will still express a very vague or lackadaisical approach to what we're doing here, all right? He's not going to say, I'm I'm looking for marriage, when with you, he's probably just trying to have fun. Women will say men don't want relationships or marriage because they're constantly hearing men say that. What they don't realize is men will say that to you if that's not his intention with you. 
because he doesn't want to be held to that standard. So essentially, if I go on a date with this woman and I've already decided, because remember what I said earlier, they've already put you in a box. Mm-hmm. I've already decided you're not the one I'm trying to marry. And you say, well, what are you looking for? If I say to you, I'm, you know, I'm looking for a wife right now, you're going to hold me to the standard of serious intentional dating mm-hmm. that can lead to marriage. If that's what you desire. So if I don't want to be held to that, I have to hit you with the, you know, I don't know. Right now I'm just trying to live life and I'm just trying to enjoy myself, see where things go. Again, vague. Because now you can't hold me to any specific expectation. And now if, you, if we move forward and sex happens, well, I never promised you anything. I never told you I wanted anything serious. I never told you I wanted a wife. So you can't be mad at me. And that's what typically happens. So Anything that shows he's unwilling to give specific intention, specifically for something serious, chances are it's either he just wants to have sex or, again, he just doesn't want anything serious. So even if it's just enjoying you in, in pastime and free time, even if it doesn't get too sexual, it's still telling you he doesn't want to go further than that. Yeah, that's so amazing because we do... I mean, I've said this before. We do interpret things in our own way. And mm. so... The one thing that is very, that you've said is repeatedly actually is like, they'll tell you. Like, if they, if they're interested, they'll basically say it, unless of course they're trying to just blatantly lie to you. But in saying like, I don't necessarily want anything serious, we, there is that part of that we just hope maybe this is going to be different. Um, but I think actually it's just safer to go, oh, take their word for it. Take their yes. word that when they say they don't want anything, they actually don't want anything serious. Yes. Because when I met Tom on my fe- on our first day, I was in America. I had to legally go back to England because mm. I was only here on a vacation visa. He didn't want anything serious because he just got out of a relationship where the woman was a little like too clingy. And so we both came into it. Basically, this is going to be the best fling ever. Mm. And we both had the idea. We both like on that day where he was just like, I just got out of a relationship. I'm like, I'm here on vacation. And it was, we were most both really honest about the fact that neither of us wanted anything serious. And what was funny is after that first kind of day, we were like, so what are you doing tomorrow? And then the next day I was like, so what are you doing tomorrow? And neither of us said expectations. It was just then after that, I'm really having fun. Do you want to hang out again? Mm -hmm. And in that, I'm really having fun. Do you want to hang out again? We started to really build intimacy. We really started to bond. We really started to connect. And then eventually we're like, wow, neither of us expected this, but let's be honest, we're both feeling something we've never felt before. You see, and, and that's a perfect example of one of those exceptions to the rule that when, when you meet that person you have a connection with, you throw the rule book out the window. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. Whatever you were planning is a whole different ballgame now. And again, that's not something that happens in most situations. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Most situations, if one or two of those people came in with a fling mindset, it's going to be a fling. Mm. One Or one person gets attached and the other person is mm. trying to figure out how to manage the situation and get out of it. But for both of you guys to be like, no, we see something here and we want this and now it's turning to 20 years of marriage... It's, and I think when the women hear this, I, I just want them to understand this is a rare moment. This is an outlier. It can, it's possible. Anything is possible. Mm-hmm. But it's just not the likely scenario when we're coming in with that kind of a mindset. Mm. You know, and, but again, I think to, to, to also add more perspective to it, even though you guys came in with a fling, if you notice, you guys didn't really handle it fling like on that first date Mm. 
That first date progressed in a way that I think you guys were already sensing, like, wait a minute, this is different. Because you guys didn't rush to sex on that first date. You guys played it cool. You were still kind of examining, okay, what he's doing. And you were were falling for him in the first date. I think he was falling for you in the first date. You guys may not have completely understood at that moment what's happening here and how to articulate it. But if it was a fling... From the jump, I think things would have played out completely different on that first day. Yeah, all the rules, you're right. Like All the rules went out the window on that first day because I was so enamored by it. I'd never met a man like him before. Mm-hmm. Like There was no pretense, and I was so used to the guy trying to get the girl, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. that you, I'd sensed it at that point. You know, like you kind of seen it enough, and he didn't do any of the typical trying to get the girl. He was so himself. He turned up in like his work clothes. He didn't even go home and change. <laughs> right? Like again, like, but it was the fact that he was in himself. I didn't feel like he was trying to play me. Yeah. And in that, like not feeling played, I then, I think probably let my guard down. Yeah. And in that first day, it absolutely was magical. Like there is, and look, there are also experts actually that say, if it's magical, it means there's something wrong. Right? Yeah, and I hate that. Oh, let's talk about that. Oh my goodness. Okay, talk to me about <laughs> that because that's what I hear a lot now. Yes. So here is my belief. There's going to be a lot of people who may disagree with it. I believe that real love, real connection happens extremely fast, if not instant. Okay. When you sit down with couples who all talk about having a very strong connection, they can tell you first date, first week, very fast, they felt something extremely strong. Now, again, whether they moved into getting proposed in three months or something, that's different. Like how they manage it and handle it will vary, but they felt it and knew immediately. I believe that when it takes time, a lot of times that's not real love. That's you growing accustomed to their presence. That's you learning Mm -hmm. how to tolerate them. Mm -hmm. That's you just becoming comfortable with having someone. So you grow attached to them, but it's not love. Why does love need time? And look at it from this perspective, because again, I'm a spiritual person. I believe love is an energy. It's a spirit. All right. If you look at it from a biblical perspective, they say God gave us a spirit of love. The spirit knows what it knows already. The spirit knows before us. It doesn't need months to figure it out. The problem is our minds catching up to our spirit, us getting out of the way of our fears. In most cases, when it's really real, it's extremely intense initially, but we struggle with, okay, wait a minute, this is happening too soon. This is different. I don't understand what's going on here. Am I tripping? What's, what's, you know, we psych ourselves out, but in reality, no, I think that's when it's actually the realest thing. So all this is it, happening too fast. No, no, because again, ex- for me, I, you know, I've, I've had the, the, I've been fortunate enough to see so many different people's lives, so many different couples, so many different singles. And when I look at all the couples that it took time with, I've never yet seen one that had this amazing relationship over the long term. Really? Yes, I've never seen it. I've seen two people trying to manage and tolerate being with each other. Mm. I've seen people stay together because of kids. I've seen all these different reasons why they're still there. But it wasn't this, oh my gosh, I have this connection and they're just so in love with each other as much as they were when they first met. I'll never forget even driving in an Uber one time. My Uber driver said he's been married for 55 years. He said he knew that was his wife after the first date. Mm. And they've been inseparable since. And they're still as affectionate as they were when they were young. Like nothing's changed. 
They're so deeply into each other. So I've just seen too many examples of real connection being pretty much instant. Where do we um, miss a trick, though? Because sometimes there is that connection where it's like it is, it's them doing a facade to make you feel a certain way. But then if you hit like a lot of the narcissists, that's what I've heard, where they know how to tap into, they know how mm-hmm. to make themselves seem unique and very special on that first date because they're playing these mental tricks with you. So I'll say this. The connection, you're going to feel something strongly initially. And yes, that can get confused with chemistry, infatuation, all these different mm, there things. You go, yeah. But throughout the process of dating them, it will expose itself to either be real or not. So what happens is you meet, let's say, the narcissist and they put on that show. What A lot of times what you're falling for so quickly is the surface of what they're presenting to you. The resume. Oh, my gosh, they have this, they have that, all these things. I have, I'm having this fun with them. But you can't actually say you really know them. Y'all haven't dived deep into each other. There's a lot of unanswered questions. So you haven't verified this connection. I'm sure if we look back at your situation over that process, you guys kept diving deeper and deeper. Mm. And the deeper you went, the more you're like, I love this. (laughs) Right. So it wasn't showing you anything different that was out of alignment. Mm. So you will confirm it through the process of diving deeper into each other. I think that the women or even the men who end up with these bad people, these narcissists, these toxic individuals, they stayed on the surface. Or when they did dive deeper, they saw the red flag. They saw the problem and they ignored it. They convinced themselves, you know what, let me not go there. They don't want to address it because they don't want to let go of what they're holding on to on the surface. They don't want to let go of that infatuation. They don't want to let go of that attachment. They don't want to let go of the fantasy they've created in their head. I have a recent situation involving a man who's been struggling with this woman. And I said to him, you're holding on to what you believe she can be, not what she was. You know, throughout that whole relationship, she mistreated this man. She was not pouring into him at all. But to him, it was just, if I could just get her to open up, I can just get her to that next level, then I believe she can be this amazing woman. But that's not what she's been to you. And the fact that she hasn't been that, Either, even if you believe this is the woman for you, even if you believe that's the missing ingredient, just getting past this wall, well, until she conquers that on her own, you're never going to experience that with her. And she can never be the woman that you need and you can't be the man that she needs. So either way, you have to let go. And then if if, if it's meant to be, it can work itself out. Or, and I, I won't even say if it's meant to be. If she is willing to do the work and you're willing to do the work, there will be an opportunity later to possibly make this thing work. Outside of that, you have to accept it for what it is. So I think that a lot of people are dwelling in the fantasy and not the reality. And that's how they miss the mark and confuse the connection from everything else. Addressing there's a big difference between someone using you, playing you, trying to trick you and us sometimes accidentally misreading things where someone isn't trying to use you and we're misinterpreting their actions. And so where I want to start is what are the things that you notice that men do that us women actually misinterpret? So there's so many ways to go with this. But the one I, I feel like I have to mention is the misinterpreting of a man chasing you, okay? And the reason why to me this is so important is because what I'm seeing from a lot of women, and this has been going on for centuries, okay? 
women's believing in, the, you know, the man should pursue for those who are spiritual. They'll use the scripture, he who finds a wife. And so they're, they're gauging who should they give their interest to or attention to based on who is chasing after them, not realizing that him chasing you is not always the greatest indicator that he's serious about you or that he has genuine intention. There's a quote that I love repeating that says, it is easier to chase lust than it is to chase love. All right. And especially in today's world where so many men have been damaged, so many men have gone through uh, hurtful relationships and been disappointed, to chase someone that they love has become much harder. It's scarier. It's too vulnerable. There's so many reasons why he may pull back. And now that woman is interpreting his pulling back or his hesitation as he's not serious. No, he's just scared. But the guy who's going full force, he may just be so infatuated right now that he will do anything to get you. But what you'll notice if you start studying these relationships where men had to chase, he chases, he gets you. And then his mentality is, okay, now it's my turn. (laughs) Now you have to do for me. Or he chases, he gets you, and now the effort stops because he got what he wanted. He was never really into the woman. He was into whatever he attached himself to that he was obsessively trying to acquire. And so a lot of women have to understand that by allowing this man, by using chasing as a method of determining who's for you or not is already a bad formula, as well as it sets them up now for not, for overlooking how interested are you in him. So essentially, if you have to let a man chase you, because what I've learned is this, when a woman really likes a guy, she has to convince herself not to do too much. Right? Like you're in the mirror coaching yourself, like, don't call him, girl. Just just wait. <laughs> don't do this. Don't do that. Because when a woman is really into guys, she naturally wants to pour into him. She wants to do for him. So when you're able to just sit back and do nothing, there's probably a that's probably a good sign that you're not really that into him. However, because women are holding on to the chasing as a way to evaluate things, she convinces herself, well, because he loves me so much, it's safe here. Let me be with this guy. But it actually isn't. And it actually leads to bigger problems later. Oh my God, that's so good. Uh, like, listen, like, because it all comes down to frame of reference. And I love that you said that. It never dawned on me. But like our frame of reference is that you're right. Like, I'm just going to speak for myself. Mm-hmm. So when I first met my husband on that first day, I was, oh my God, I was like, I just want to see him again. He's so hot. Like, oh my God. Like, I was just infatuated by him. Now, he ended up being my husband for 20 years. We just yeah. celebrated our wedding anniversary. Yeah. But I remember thinking to myself, to your point, we don't call him Lisa. You don't want to show that you're too keen. So, you know, like, because my natural inclination is to like keep pouring myself in. And so going back to how um, my fundamental way of seeing things, if I see a guy chasing me, I perceive it to be the same way that I would think that me going after a guy, like, oh, he must like me mm-hmm. because I would do the same. Exactly. But it doesn't always mean that. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not to say, and I think as we go through this discussion, a woman has to understand you have to look at the overall picture. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about little different things that, yes, can give a hint and give you some kind of idea of what's going on, but it doesn't give you the full answer by itself. Right. So I don't want to say that chasing alone automatically means he's <laughs> right. just infatuated and he's not going to be serious. I will say, though, that you find 
as, 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 as long as we're talking about older men, so let's just say men over the age of 28, really? all right? Why? The reason why I say over the age of 28 is because when a man is younger, one, he has more time to chase. So I think that's the other thing that a lot of women have overlooked. When he's in school, whether it be high school, college, whatever, he doesn't have responsibilities. He doesn't have things that he has to worry about. He's not. He's probably not building a business, though in today's world, there's a lot more younger men doing that. But he has more available time to obsess over you, to chase you, to call you, to all do all these things. As a man gets older, his time becomes more limited. So again, there are women who would assume, oh, well, he doesn't call me as often as I would like, or maybe she's accustomed to, right? And now she perceives that as he's not serious. No, he just may not be as available. Now, I don't want that to get confused with not calling you at all or, or not pouring into the attention that you need. However, we have to be very careful with how we evaluate that because one man may have 10 hours of his day to give you. The other guy only has five hours that he can pull from. They don't have the same amount. So this guy who has 10 hours can do everything for you. And that's why you'll see some of these women where they become attached to very toxic, unhealthy, and more specifically, bum men, men who have nothing going on for themselves because they get so attached to the attention he's showing her, but not understanding that he can do that. He he has way more time to get. He doesn't go to work. (laughs) What what else is he going to do but call you and FaceTime you? You see? And, and you're over here thinking that he wants you more than the guy who's busy, but you're not understanding he's building something. He's working towards something. He has to be more careful with how he manages his time, as well as as the man gets older, he's been through more things in life. As men are younger, they haven't been through that first heartbreak yet. It's so much easier to go hard and go fast. Same thing happens to women. I always say if you if a woman goes back to her first love, and we're going to we're going to subtract women who have gone through any kind of childhood trauma and family dysfunction because that can change everything. But outside of that, when you look back to your first love, you will, as you mentioned in your experience, you're Google Gaga over the guy. You, you're you're writing his name on notebooks if you're in school. You're, you're dreaming in about school, him. I was 21 still yeah. doing that. <laughs> it could be college, you know. But yeah. So because you have not been hurt yet. Your willingness to dive head first into whether it be love, infatuation, whatever it is, you're not holding back as much. Once a woman gets hurt, she has this moment of, I will never let this happen to me again. Now she becomes so much more cautious. Now she's, instead of jumping in the pool, you're, you're putting your toe in the water, seeing what the temperature is. You're, you know, you're going to be a lot more uh, mindful and, and you're going to be a lot more afraid. Let's just call it what it is, all right? Because when you've had heartbreak, you know the pain and you know how hard it is to overcome. Exactly. And then the mistake that women make is not realizing that men go through the same thing. There's this idea that men don't have feelings or that men are not being heartbroken by women out there. I can't tell you how many times I've been at events where men have come to me shattered by situ. I had one guy who... He was uh, engaged to a woman right before, I think a couple months before they were supposed to uh, get married, and he was in medical school. She breaks off the engagement. And I know, I don't know the whole story. There might be some things that he was doing wrong, but I'm a pretty good judge of character, and I know this was a really nice guy. I think that might have been part of the problem, that she was not as excited, intrigued into this man, and she was convincing herself for a long time she could do this, but then realized, I can't do this any longer. 
it shattered him so much he dropped out of medical school. All right. And he was when he came to me, he was trying to recover and figure out, you know, how he can bounce back from this. But all that to say, because men go through these things as well. I And again, I use 28 as a reference point. It's not an exact study that was done to say it's 28. Right, but-, but at that point, he's more than likely gone through a heartbreak. Mm. So now the guy over 28 is not going to be as quick to chase. He's not going to be as quick to dive in head first. And again, the woman may assume he's not serious. No, he's afraid, just as you are afraid. Now, that isn't an excuse. That isn't to make it okay. I believe everyone needs to take time to heal so that we're not playing these games or getting allowing fear to, to control us and consume us. But we have to be aware of this reality because there are a lot of potential relationships, great relationships, even people who should be together, like as in the one for each other. And it all fell apart because they were both scared. Mm. But it, but they both interpreted or misinterpreted hesitation for a lack of seriousness, not being genuine, all these different things. So what the hell do you do in those situations? <laughs> and come on, Stefan, you can't leave me hanging. Because like I, I totally hear what you're saying. Like we get taught lessons, right? And so if you've been taught that you give yourself over and you hurt, you know, they someone abuses it or someone uses you, you're more reluctant to give it over again. And so now, especially if you have two people that have coming from that. How in those moments, what are the things and how do we navigate those situations so that you don't maybe um, turn your back to someone that actually is the one for you? Okay, so the first big step is do not internalize their actions. So I'll give an example. I was recently at an event. uh, There was a woman who she met a guy at a previous event months ago. They hit it off, but for various reasons, he was hesitant with moving forward, right? So after they hung out a couple more times, he kind of fell back. So when she was talking to me about it, she was like, you know, he didn't care. He and I and, and she was hurt by the fact that he could go from supposedly being so into her to now being completely detached from her. And she viewed it as he was never serious. He was playing games. No, the actuality was or the truth of it was he pulled back because he could not handle continuously interacting with her and knowing he's not ready for the full relationship yet because he came from overseas. He's still trying to establish himself right now. So to him, it's like, if I'm not ready to give to this woman and I do view this woman as who I want to be with, rather than playing this gray area and staying in contact where it's only going to make feelings stronger, make things harder, let me pull back. So by her viewing his actions as something against her, now if he does come back, you're going to be resenting him. Mm-hmm. You're going to be holding on to anger. You're going to be holding on to how dare you think you could just stop talking to me and now return. But in reality, he did that out of protection for self. He did that out of protection for her as well because he knew this was only going to get more intense if we continue like this, but he knew he was not ready to give her what she deserved and what she needed. So when we stop internalizing, we ensure that we don't carry negative energy from whatever happened to whatever could happen. Because here's the thing that happens with a lot of individuals, and and I'll say specifically to people who I believe have a connection with each other. Because to me, connection is the deepest experience we can have. It's not something that we have with everybody. I always say that connection always comes back around. So what you'll find is in most cases, connection doesn't work the first time they come together, but then there's an opportunity later to make it work. The problem is what has been done in between those two moments. 
So two people meet, they experience this amazing connection. One or both parties are not ready for various reasons. Maybe they're in a relationship. Maybe they're scared. Whatever the case, maybe it's long distance. Now they pull away. But because, again, we internalize what they did, we now use that anger, that resentment, that hurt to break free from the situation. Mm. In breaking free, what what do people typically do? They go find someone else to be with. So now you get in a new relationship that you don't really belong in, that you're not truly happy in, but is good enough to now accept into your life and helps you cope with what you weren't able to have with your last person that you have the connection with. Or maybe you have kids now, all right? Or maybe you you focus so much on career because you're like, well, you know what? F these men. I'm tired of this. I'm just going to focus on me. But again, you're doing it as a defense mechanism, not as in this is your calling in the moment, not this is where God or your spirit or whatever is telling you to go. No, it's your fear or your pride Mm. or your anger saying, let me go here so I don't have to deal with this. And now let's say you build up this career. Now the man comes back around. And when I say he comes back around, you guys cross paths. Somehow, Mm -hmm. some way you guys meet back up. But now it's I have kids. Now it's I'm in this relationship. Now it's I'm in this career that doesn't allow me to embrace this situation and this and this moment the way I should. So a lot of people have to learn, yes, stop internalizing because what many people are doing is they're reacting out of a protection for self, not out of a malicious intent to hurt you, betray you or anything. And I know that may be very hard for people to decipher when it's like, okay, well, when do I know it's that Versus someone who doesn't care about That was going to be my next question, Stefan. (laughs) (laughs) So I think this is where people have to really get in tune with themselves. Mm. And since we're talking more to women right now, I believe that women's intuition is one of the most amazing blessings on the face of this earth. (laughs) You know, I'm a strong believer and supporter of women needing to get in tune with it. The problem is women have become so detached from it. Mm. Women don't trust it anymore. Women have allowed... Their logical mind, and let me say, let me make sure I'm saying this clearly so people don't take it the wrong way. Because I do believe that the strength of the man is the logical mind. The strength of the woman is the intuition mind, or however you want to phrase that. Not that both sides don't have both. Men have can have intuition. Women, of course, can use logic. But one is your greater strength, mm-hmm. at least typically for men and for women. However, women in today's society, even more specifically, have been pushed toward the logical mind. And that's not their strength. And so now what do you see more women doing? Overanalyzing, being in their head 24-7, driving themselves crazy, stressing themselves out, trying to logically analyze something that if they would just quiet the noise, take a step back and listen to themselves, their spirit, their, their inner voice, they would have the answer. You're, you're going through all these different people and you're trying to evaluate these different scenarios But deep inside, you know, every woman I have sat with that is divorced and I asked them, like, did you ever know this wasn't the man for you? They all say yes. What up, guys? Now I'm going to share something with you. I can sometimes have a tendency to overthink, question myself and sometimes or maybe very often doubt the decisions I've made. And so my mind just starts spiraling. 
round and round. Does that sound familiar? Well, let's face it, when it comes to hiring people on your team, the pressure to make the right choice, the right hire and the right person is even bigger. The stakes are so freaking high, so you need to actually make sure that you have the right tools to help you find the right people so that your team can actually have clarity and work with utter confidence. And that's why, honestly, you've got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, let me repeat that, a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And their simple tools make it so easy for you to filter candidates that actually have the skills and experience you are looking for, which saves you time. It's the one thing you're never going to get back is time. So hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 20 24 hours. It's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So guys, go check them out. LinkedIn jobs can actually help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So go and post your job for absolutely free guys at linkedin.com slash Lisa. Once again, guys, that's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. When you're working really hard to build the freaking amazing life and career that you want, it's sadly really easy to push your health needs to the back burner. And guys, listen, I totally get it because not all that long ago, that was me. I put everything into my business, everything into my goals and my family. And yep, I totally ignored my own health and wellness. And so I just learned the very hard way that putting your well-being first is actually the key to being a confident unfreaking stoppable badass in everything that you do. So my homie, put yourself first and get mentally and physically strong with Allo Moves, your go-to app for everything from meditation to yoga to strength training to hit and so much more. And I love how Allo Moves has such a wide variety of class types and levels to keep you motivated with whatever you need on your journey. No matter what your path is, it's time to make a move with Allo Moves. So right now, guys, you can go and get a free 30-day Allo Moves subscription by going to allomoves.com and use code WOI30. That's alloalomoves.com, code WOI30 in all caps. Allomoves.com, code WOI30, all caps. I've yet to meet a woman that says... She saw no red flags. There was nothing within her telling her something was off. She was completely 100% sold. This was it. And even more specifically, those who are believers and they pray to God, I'll say, did you ask God if you should marry this man? 90% say no. 10% will say they asked. God told them no. And they still married the man. Mm. All that shows is that women, they, they know. They know. But they rationalize past their intuition. And so, so in understanding what kind of guy you're dealing with, it's a two-part thing. It's not ignoring your intuition, just listening to it. Because a woman can know on the first conversation, this isn't going to work, all right? But she finds reasons to convince herself, let me give this a chance, which only leads to bigger problems later. Why is that? Why? Yeah. Because the woman so desperately, and I hate to use the word desperately, but that's what it is in a lot of cases, so desperately wants to have the relationship work. She's reached a point where she wants marriage or she wants relationship or she wants this specific guy for whatever reason. Like I always say, women know intuition and connection better than men. 
But when they meet a guy they want, all that goes out the window. They forget about it. It's no longer about do we connect. Now it's, oh, well, we have great chemistry or, oh, but this is nice. Or I like how he does that. She finds reasons because she wants to hold on to this. And again, she leaves her, her spirit, her intuition and goes into her logic. Her logic says this is too great of a guy to pass up. So I cannot let these things that are telling me deep inside that this isn't going to work to get in the way. No, 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 no. I have to figure out how to make this work. And I will convince myself that I'm just crazy right now or I'm, you know, I'm just in my own head. No, listen to what your inner voice is telling you, because in doing that, I'm telling you, there's so many women who would see so much clearer if they learn to do that. I think also getting in better tune with your feelings and being honest with yourself about it. Mm. What I mean by that is this. When a woman can honestly say she is in love with a man or she feels a genuine connection with a man, and let me be very specific because I feel the need to say this, this may sound bad, but I'm going to be very transparent right now. Yeah. There have been women who have reached out to me personally who watch my you know videos and they, they're on my social media, and they'll say, I feel a connection to you. And I have to explain to them, like, no, what you're, you're feeling drawn to me by this information that resonates with you. You're feeling drawn to me because the way I speak sounds it's very personal. You're feeling drawn to me because maybe I'm touching on points that are happening right now in your life. But connection is a two-way experience. And you can't say I have this connection with someone. And we've never even talked. Mm. You, you, you may feel drawn to that person. That's fair. You could say that. You may have a great desire for them. You may admire them. But to say you have a connection, it's something that you're going to experience once we sit down, talk. And again, you have to be honest with yourself. Is it connection you're feeling or infatuation? Is it that I'm so in love with the perception of this man I have rather than the reality of this man? Because to me, it's like if I sat down and talked to you and I know my energy was off that day and that doesn't typically happen. But let's just say <laughs> like, what? it was bad. Okay? <laughs> let's say you caught me in a bad moment and I didn't handle it well. You can't come out of that and convince me that you experienced connection with me in that moment. Mm. I didn't give you anything to work with. You see what I'm saying? So it's like to say you have a connection with a man you haven't even spoken to. He's giving you nothing to work with yet. So let's keep that in mind when we talk about connection. But I think that. When you can honestly say you've gone this date with this man or you have phone conversations with him, you know when you feel something's there, you know, and you feel that it's strong. And again, it's a two-way thing. When people have a genuine connection, they both are able to see it. Now, they both may not embrace it right now because, again, it scares people. So people will, will convince themselves, nah, maybe it, it's too soon. This, this can't be happening so fast, things like that. And it's like, no, it, in actuality, those who have real connections feel it pretty much immediate. Mm. It doesn't take a long time. If you have to cultivate it, that means you're just growing attached to this individual. It's not a connection there. But all that to bring it back to telling the difference, basically what I'm getting at is as you become more honest with self and more in tune with self about what you're really feeling here, it becomes easier to evaluate what's going on with them. So I'll give an example as a man. I may come across a woman and she's beautiful, great personality. Everything's amazing with her. But if I'm honest with myself, my draw to her is more lustful than it is more about personality or something deeper or connection. 
And what happens as human beings, so men and women do this, because the lust is so strong and there's so many great things about them, we try to convince ourselves otherwise, like, no, this is really something here. But again, if you're honest with yourself, no, you know it's the lust that's carrying this. You know it's maybe he's rich and you don't want to pass up a rich guy right now. You know there's something else. Are you willing to be honest with yourself about it? Because once you can identify, if I know I am only pursuing you because of how lustful I am towards you, then I know that you wanting me is not true love either. Because again, it has to be two ways. So it can't be not true love on my end, but true love on your end. It doesn't work that way. You see, that's where that's where we can evaluate better. So even going back to the example of chasing, if you know you're not really into this man, which is why you're even able to sit back and let him chase you, then there's no way that his pursuit of you is being about true love. He is obsessed. He is infatuated. And the reason why is because, again, true love requires a flow back and forth. If you're not really into him like that, what are you giving him to work with? You see, it's the same thing I mentioned about the connection. How can you say you have a connection with me? I've given you nothing to work with. That means it's not flowing back and forth. So unless that's there, that's how you know this is attachment, infatuation, obsession, everything else, not true love. And and just for those, for anyone who may get confused, I want people to understand, because I think sometimes it's very, it's a lot of semantics with how we use these words. People describe connection differently. They describe love differently. So I just want to be specific in saying love in itself is something that you can give to anybody. All right. I can love the stranger tomorrow I come across. Love is about being kind, compassionate, you know, uh, patient, all these different things. To me, being in love is where we're talking about romantically, where we're talking about connection. We're talking about everything coming together. That's in love. All right. So, yes, there may have been people who pursued you, who loved you. They genuinely cared about you, but they are not in love with you when you're not in love with them. It doesn't work that way. Let's face it. None of us want to feel used. It Mm -hmm. feels terrible. It makes us feel badly about ourselves. And then it makes you question that next time, that next relationship. Like, What did I miss? And maybe... You didn't miss anything on the first day. Maybe you didn't miss anything a month in. And like you said, it never dawned on me about the fact that guys would find it harder to let you go in that nice way. Mm-hmm. Um, that really never dawned on me. And so when you were saying, I was like, oh, I actually, like that belief actually would sit better with me as a person who's, let's say, split up from somebody than the belief that they were always toxic and they tricked me and I didn't see it coming. Yeah. And I think, again, we have to always look at the overall picture. The toxic man is toxic in many ways. So he's not just going to be, oh, he treated you amazing and now his effort falls off, you know, um, and, or now he wants to walk away. That He's not toxic. The toxic guy was mistreating you from day one. The toxic guy was was taking advantage of you from day one. He was doing so many different things that was... Uh, cheating you out of a healthy and happy relationship, all right? So that's how we can tell the difference because no toxic guy can be amazing for a long stretch of time and just be like, nah, I'm not into it anymore. Mm -hmm. That's not what typically happens. But yeah, I I think it's important for us to understand that men do struggle with that. And, And this is a big reason why I'm not, I feel the need to mention it. It's one of the big reasons why I'm not a believer of women proposing to men, all right? 
There's a lot of people out there who want to say, well, you know, a woman should be able to do it. What's wrong with that? What's the difference? And to me, it's like you have to understand the psychology of the man. A lot of men don't know how to say no. Especially and if you add if you add factors like doing it in front of an audience and things of that nature, it's going to be a greater struggle for him, especially because, again, a lot of guys are good guys in the wrong relationship. And there's a lot of good women in the wrong relationship. And when you're in the wrong relationship, even the most nicest person may start to do things that look unhealthy and toxic because it's a symptom of two people who don't belong together. So there was a situation where this woman um, proposed to this man and I ended up talking to him later. And he said, like he told me, the only reason he got married is because he, he was too afraid to say no. He didn't know how to say it. They were married, I think, for five to six years. And then finally, it, you know, inevitably reached its end. And then they finally got a divorce. But there's a lot of stories like that. And I think, you know, you got to understand if that man really wants to be with you, especially when I'm talking about proposing, he's not going to have a problem doing that. You know, if you in most cases, when the woman feels the need to have to propose, it's because deep inside you sense if you don't, he will never. So you're trying to secure it by doing it yourself. I'm not saying there's never been a genuine proposal by a woman, and I'm not saying it's never worked out. There's exceptions to every rule, but in the vast majority of cases, it's not good. It's not going to work, and it's a sign of a deeper problem in that relationship that hasn't been addressed. So yeah, men men just, we're not in the typical position to reject. So to do that is just a very uncomfortable thing, as especially also when you consider the fear of men view women as more emotional. And I believe women are biologically more emotional. So it's like, I'm afraid it's going to make her cry. How is she going to react? If he is not a guy that is void of feelings, that he's so dark hearted that he's just not going to care if you're crying in his face. Well, then the thought of you crying is going to make him be hesitant. It's going to be cause for concern. Think about how many men, even in relationships, Hold back what they want to say because they're worried about how it's going to make their partner feel. Mm-hmm. So they just shut up. And they would rather either shut up or they, they won't say the no that needs to be said in fear of how she's going to react and handle it. Oh, my God. It's so true. Um, Tom and I, my husband, um, we've been married for 20 years. And that's one of our relationship rules is you must say the hard thing, even if you know it's going to upset the other person. Mm. Like we have like literally our own kind of rule book and we've Uh just pinky sworn because (laughs) that's important to know, though, because when he comes to me and maybe says something that is upsetting, I've given him permission. So now there's no like you've hurt my feelings. It's like, okay, you're keeping in line with the commitment that we've both agreed to. So thank you for saying the hard thing it's actually a complete opposite of how we then receive it because we've agreed to it in the beginning because of that point of do you want a healthy relationship if so then to your point you have to be able to say the hard things you have to be able to say the truth and it doesn't mean you're not going to hurt the person Mm -hmm. but if that isn't your intention but you know you have to say it, it's going to be very important to still say it yes and i think with you saying that i think everyone watching this every woman who dates from now on should give that man permission mm-hmm. to be blatantly, brutally honest. Yeah. Because it will save her the headache of confusion. 
and his fear of how she will receive it. I do think, because I, I think it's brilliant what you and Tom do, how you have to have an agreement of how we handle certain moments. How will we talk to each other? You know, what's the time frame that we give each other if we need to go to our corners? You know, some people have, we won't go to sleep at night, you know, mad at each other. Whatever it is, create that structure. Because as you mentioned, once it's agreed upon, it's so much easier now to adhere to it and to not let things get out of whack. But when there is no understanding and agreement, it can go haywire really fast. So if people, when they started dating, told each other, men and women, hey, if you reach a point that you're not interested, let me know mm-hmm. and I'm going to be cool. Mm-hmm. I'll accept it. I, what, I, what I wanted to be the case, I'd rather you be honest with me. It would at least increase the chances of a man or even a woman being straightforward and saying, you know what, I've reached that point. Rather than letting things drag on because they don't know how to tell you they're no longer interested. Mm-hmm. And going beyond that, just anything that we need to talk about, let's be brutally honest. And I think what's even more awesome about that is if we can get through the brutal honesty in that dating process, that sets us up for greater success if we get into an actual relationship or marriage. If we've decided that we are a good fit for each other and now we'll be able to see it more clearly because we're being so much more real with each other. Now, man, I really think like that can be a revolutionary method for so many people to use is come to that agreement as soon as possible. Yeah, thank you. It's really made such a difference because we have. We've definitely had those moments where I'm like, look, I know you don't want to hear this, but here is the truth. Mm -hmm. And we actually have received each other very well. Um, There was something you said earlier, didn't want to interrupt, that was so freaking powerful. So... um, when it is very confusing i think also for the guys and i don't ever want to again say that the women are the victims because the guys do have it hard as well and Mm. so again how do we get on that same page um when it comes to sex and dating and there was one thing that you said that it didn't even dawn on me but you said you know when a guy goes on a date and treats a woman and pays there's an investment there and sometimes it can be hard for the guy because sometimes women are just looking for a free dinner yes and i'm never going to paint the picture that women are the perfect species and men aren't so i actually really want to talk about this so that i can so that us women can hear what it's like from your guys' side and that may be maybe why he tries it on with you yes so one example a story that pops in my head right away is i was speaking at an event a couple of years ago and a guy came to me and he said you know how i need help with this whole dating thing And I was like, well, okay, what's going on? He's like, he moved to Atlanta at the time. And he said, you know, he committed to intentionally dating. He said he's been on several dates in the past few months, but he's paid, spent over a couple thousand dollars. And he's like, listen, at this rate, I can't afford this. You know, what what can I do? And, you know, I talked to him about being more creative with his dates because I'm a firm believer that if the woman really likes you, she is less critical of what the date encompasses, all right? So essentially, if she really likes you, she will be happy with a walk in the park and some ice cream because she's more focused on the opportunity to get to know you and build something with you. If she is on the fence, if she's not that interested, if she just figured, oh, you know what, let me just get a free meal or whatever, now she's more likely to criticize, oh, he took me here, he didn't take me to this nice restaurant, all these things. And that's why I said earlier, how much we like the person will determine how we perceive certain actions and things that happen with them. And we were much more lenient when we actually are genuinely interested in this individual. 
So I do think that a lot of men have to understand if she's giving you a hard time, then chances are she's really not that into you. And she's viewing the date, the free food as the value. The value isn't you. The value is what happens on the date. And that's why she's putting so much emphasis on it. But when she values you, it's a whole different ballgame. Okay, pause there because, okay. oh my God, I literally, I was like bobbing so hard, my head's hurting because literally this is exactly what happened with my husband. I was the person that was like, okay, you know, brought up, like the, if you had a nice car, I mean, they could take care of you. Mm. I was brought up very traditional. And so that was the thing. What restaurant are you taking me to? What's your car like? How are you dressed? Tom picks me up. He's got this really old man Buick. His <laughs> back seat has got all this junk in it. And he takes me to a B restaurant in a strip mall on our first date. And you know what? I didn't give a shit. I was, <laughs> I was so enamored by him and mm. how intelligent and open and sweet and kind and romantic and chivalrous and, and honest he was with me. None of that mattered. Mm-hmm. So I'm so sorry. As you were talking, I was like, oh, my God, that is so true. It is so true. Yes. And, and, and it happens in reverse. If the man is not that into you and he goes on a date, spends money on you, whether it be the first date, second date, and you don't have sex with him, he, he starts to have a problem because, again, to him, the value is in being able to sleep with you, not getting to know you. But the guy who's really into you and, and happy to have this opportunity, he's much more willing to be patient. He's more focused on getting to know you. He's not stressed if you guys don't have sex. He doesn't feel cheated in some kind of way because he still received the value he was looking for. But to get back to women wanting free meals and and what it puts a lot of men through. Yeah, there's a lot of men dealing with that issue. And again, everyone's getting scared. Everyone's fearful of being played and being taken advantage of. And I do think that, especially for the women listening to to this, a lot of women are, are oblivious to these types of issues. They don't realize there's other women who do this. Like I've had commenters on some of my videos, oh, a woman would never do that. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like there's <laughs> millions who've confessed. They've said it, that yes, they go out for a free meal or because they're bored. It happens. And so it makes it tough for everybody, you know? But it's not to like even demonize those women. I think mm. it's just a matter of, we have to start being honest about, one, what we're feeling with this individual. Because again, a lot of times they're showing us signs that they're not that interested for whatever reason. But we want so bad to have that opportunity. So the same way, as you said, the woman thinks, okay, I can change his mind to want, you know, actually want something serious with me. What some of these guys are thinking, if I could just show her how much I can love her and, and, and cherish and all these things, then she'll want to be with me. And it's like, listen, if there is not a natural desire initially, then you're fighting a war that you typically are going to lose, Mm. you know? And it's better to just focus on showing up as who you truly are and let the rest, you know, happen naturally. See if there's a real connection there rather than just what you want. That's amazing. But there is that difference, right, between if you go on that first date and the woman's like, okay, I really want, you know, I'm really looking to find somebody. And they go on the date and the guy treats them to dinner and they're not interested, right? A woman will very rarely, I'm never on a blanket statement, but will very rarely then sleep with them. If they're not attracted to them, if they're not really feeling the vibe, they're like, oh my God, thank you so much for the meal. You're a lovely guy. And then they bounce. Yes. And it's not intentional that they're trying to use them for the money, right? It's just they go into it. But because they don't have that thing, that spark, that attraction, whatever, they then won't take them to bed. But the guy is almost the 
not necessarily the opposite, but I've heard you say when a guy goes on a date, there's those moments of, well, I've invested in this date, I've paid for the dinner, so I want then the sex, you know, as like maybe at least I get something out of it. Yeah. Um, and then you've also said, yeah, and sometimes the guy doesn't even have to be attracted to you, he'll still want to have sex. Yes. So it's very confusing on the difference between the two, because at least with a woman, you know, if if they don't take it any further, the chances are... Well, no, that's not true. I was going to say the chances are... It gets confusing too, exactly. I tripped over my own statement. Oh, right, there you go. That's the proof, right? That it is confusing. It's confusing on both ends. So nobody, neither side has this clear sign that says 100% this person is not serious at, based off of those actions. Right. When it comes right. to sleeping right. and not sleeping right. with them. That one, you never know. Because again, you could have a woman that, oh my gosh, she is enamored with this man, wants him badly, but is afraid to be judged, is afraid to move too fast. So she figures, no, let me not have sex with him. So for that man, if he thinks, well, she didn't have sex with me, that means she's not interested. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Mm -hmm. But it is what a lot of men use as validation that she is interested they want some level of intimacy because, again, if you're that man and you've been on several of these dates where women are using you just for the free meal, then essentially what you experienced was women who were never intimate with you. And that makes you feel like, OK, if that intimacy doesn't happen, how can I know she's actually sexually attracted to me? All right. So I need something, whether it be at least a kiss Sex, of course, he would love it for it to be sex, but even <laughs> kiss would help because it shows some level of intimacy that she's willing to engage in with this man. So that's why a lot of men make the first move, I think, or make that move very quickly. I think also what women don't realize, and I'll, I'll use my own story. I remember back in college, I went on a date with this uh, girl who I was friends with, and I played it too cautious. And I'm going to say I played it too cautious because I'm going to tell you what she said. So I did not make an attempt to kiss her. And I'm someone who has no problem making a move, okay? But I said, no, let me be careful. I make no attempt to kiss her. We had a great date. And then, like, we talked a few days later. And I don't know why. Somehow, nothing materialized after that. Even though we, we actually liked each other and were attracted to each other, I cannot remember what happened. But what I can tell you is she said to me, I was waiting for you to make a move. Why didn't you kiss me? All right? Women don't realize how many men have heard that or have, have been questioned when they didn't make the move. So it's not only, oh, will she question, am I interested if I don't make a move? Some women will question your sexuality if you make no move. Oh. All right? So now as a man, it puts a lot of men in this uncomfortable position of, I have to establish what this is. I have to show her, no, I'm interested in that way, as well as... The whole dreaded, I don't want to be put in the friend zone. <laughs> so if I go on these dates with her and I don't make any moves, I, a lot of men think it's them not being assertive in that way and establishing intimacy earlier that has allowed them to be slid into the friend zone. All right. Now, that may not be the actual reason why he's in the friend zone. It may just be she always was going to put you in the friend zone. You were never out of it to <laughs> begin with. Right. But to him, it's. If I could establish this soon, I escape ever being put there. You see, because now there's intimacy that occurred between us. And to a lot of people, they feel like once they're intimate with someone, it's like it's easier to reestablish intimacy with someone you've already been intimate with. 
But if we've never crossed that line and I try to circle back later, it's an uphill battle. Mm. And, and, and with a woman, what a lot of men have experienced is that a woman can change like the season sometimes. Like, okay, you may have caught her in the right moment right now for her to accept your date and give this a chance. But literally two weeks later, she's like, I don't feel like dating anyone right now. Or, or, or I'm going to focus on me or whatever it is. She's completely, her mind has shifted. Your opportunity is lost. So it's like you have to strike while the iron is hot. That's how a lot of men feel. Because if not, you may never see this opportunity again. I think the other aspect or the other angle that women are considering is that if that man is really into you, he making a move for a lot of men the concern is, am I being disrespectful by doing this? You know, am I going to turn her off because she's like, you're moving too fast. He doesn't know how you're going to receive it. And he's more concerned about how you'll react to it. And so, yes, a lot of men, like I've even had men say to me that they felt like trying to make any sexual move too early was disrespectful. And I was like, if she likes you, she's not going to view it as disrespectful. It's disrespectful if she declines and you continuously try to push to make it happen. Now we got a problem. But simply making a respectable attempt, and I say respectable like you don't force yourself on her, but you smoothly ease your way into it, it's not going to be a problem. But a lot of men, they're worried. And the more he likes you, the more likely he's going to be worried how you will receive it. So yes, they're waiting for that sign that says the green light that says, okay, proceed. And even then I'm going to be real with you. There's a lot of women who can give the green light and he still won't do anything because again, he's kind of paralyzed by his fear of, I don't want to mess things up. And I think that some women, again, it can get so confusing because there's so many different people who view things differently. Like there are women out there who will feel like him trying to have sex is, oh, he's being disrespectful. He's doing too much. No, him him not respecting how you feel about it that is where you say oh this guy's not serious this guy doesn't have genuine intent this guy doesn't care about how i feel now i know i cannot work with this man and again some men who have not gone further have only later on heard how that woman was waiting for him to go further and he lost his opportunity you know or some women again questioning sexuality that has happened more than people want to realize that never dawned on me, but you're right. That actually isn't fair. <laughs> like just because tough. you don't make your move, it means that all of a sudden your your sexuality is questioned. Yes, that's what. Oh, and I'm telling you, I don't. <laughs> I'm telling you, like I wish, I wish more women could understand mm. what men are going through, because then I think it would help. Because as we mentioned earlier. One of the big problems is that when these situations don't go well, when things don't work out the way that we want them to, there's a tendency to look at it as these men are full of crap, they're playing games, they're users, rather than viewing them as human beings that have their own fears and concerns that are trying to navigate the situation like you are. So the same way that you're confused about, okay, well, why hasn't he made a move? He's confused about, does she want me to make a move? (laughs) And we're just trying to navigate this together and that's why, to me, I always say it's not about what the person does. It's about how they handle your feelings about it, how they handle you addressing it. That's where you're really going to see what we're working with here. Because, again, the guy who's just toxic, the guy who just wants to have sex, he is not going to be as respectful and as considerate of your feelings when you make it known. Now, it doesn't mean there aren't guys out there who are, I hate to use the word smart, but who are sly enough 
to recognize, okay, if she says no, let me respect it, even though that's my only intent here. But it's very hard for them to maintain that position and to show that consistently throughout the dating process if all they want is sex from you. Oh my God, that's so amazing. And I interrupted you earlier, but I didn't mean, to, well, I wanted to tell that story, <laughs> but um, I think you were going to say about that the guy who um, is basically invested. And so when they take someone out on dates, you said, hey, look, there's other ways to do it so that you don't feel that pressure of, oh my God, I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars. And mm. so I should at least have something to show for it. Yeah. Um, what other advice did you give him? I interrupted you when you were saying that. So the, advice. Uh, the, the main thing was, again, getting creative with the dates. That's really the number one thing. So my thing is this. If you can't handle inexpensive dates, then you shouldn't be dating at all. It's just not time. All right. I think it's one thing to be to embrace an opportunity that comes your way. So let's just call it for what it is. Let's say you're a guy who's broke. All right. You're not financially stable at all. And, and to me, broke means you cannot stand on your own two feet. You cannot handle your own bills, all right? Okay. So it doesn't mean you got to be rich or nothing. Go you ahead. just have to be able to take care of yourself. So you're not there yet. I don't think you should be pursuing dating in that phase of your life. You should be focused on main, establishing stability, creating a strong foundation. You don't want to have a woman walk into that mess. Now, if you are grinding to get yourself stable... And in that process, a woman comes about in the natural flow of life and you guys kick it off. I'm not going to tell you to run from love and run from that opportunity. But that's different than the guy who's out there trying to date. So in his case, it's like, okay, you're saying it's getting expensive. But again, he's spending hundreds of dollars on each date. That's not necessary if she really likes you. Simplify the date and, and look at it as this. To me, I think we put too much on the first date. I feel like first dates need to be simple for everyone, for everyone who is trying to date with the intention of, can we make this into a relationship? And let's not add too much fluff to the first date because the fluff can be distracting. Meaning there was this one guy who went on a couple of dates and I think the first date was a concert and the second date was like some kind of festival or something. And then things kind of went left. And I said to him, I said, listen, don't ever take a woman to a concert on the first date. Because let's just say uh, the artist is Mariah Carey. And she loves Mariah <laughs> Carey. And she's always wanted to go to a Mariah Carey concert. Well, her joy that she's ex experiencing on that date because she's at a Mariah Carey concert will confuse her as far as how she views you and her ability to actually have fun with you. See, she's not having fun because she's with you. She's having fun because she listens to Mariah Carey. All right? <laughs> and, and that's what she wanted to be. So it's, it can be the same thing as if you take her to this amazing restaurant. Not that that's the, the horrible thing to do because it's more normal for us to experience that. But even that can sometimes scramble the brain of the individual. Like, oh, my gosh. This, if, I, if she's a woman that's never been taken to nice places, mm. then you taking her to this mm. extremely nice place can cause her to feel like, do I really want to let this guy go? Like, he treats me so well, and I get to go to these nice restaurants, and I really like these restaurants. But they say she loves to eat. I love all these experiences. So now she's attached to that, not the guy. But the guy's going to get drawn out in this long process of her holding on to him, but her not really being into him. But if we simplify the date and make it more about two people talking getting to know each other without all the extra stuff, 
Now we get to really see do we actually like each other. And now we can spend more money as we proceed. Like this idea of spending all this money on the first date. Now, if you have it like that, do what you want to do. All right. I just think it, it's good practice in general to make that first date uh, not expensive, nothing all extra. Just again, walks on the park, coffee, ice cream, something simple. All right. At a Starbucks, whatever. I think that's the best way to go because now if we like each other after that, we have something we can work with. That's so good. Oh my God, that's <laughs> so good. Dude, that's so good. Like I I almost like if I was going out date, going to on a date now, I would completely shift the way that I think because I would definitely go into it being like, okay, so did they book the restaurant? That means something. Mm-hmm. Is the restaurant five star? That means something. Do they pick me up? That mean right? And you you kind of have this list of like, <laughs> oh, if they do X, Y, and Z, this means something. If they just offer to meet me at Starbucks and go for a walk, it means that they don't want a serious relationship. And look, this is me saying that yeah. that I would have interpreted. So um, I think that's so powerful that I would then myself make a complete shift and say, oh, I want to only meet at Starbucks and go for a walk in the park because that is the true thing of whether they're interested in me and I'm interested in them. Yes. And that's the thing. And think about now by by doing that, we eliminate the two factors that make the opposite genders feel used in situations. Simple date, no sex. Now the woman doesn't have to worry about, you know, this being a, he just wants me for sex issue. Men, Minimal expenses, he doesn't feel used for his money. Mm. All right, now it's about we're both giving time, so we're equally investing time into this, and we're focused on diving deeper into each other and seeing do we really align with each other? Do we want the same things? Do we enjoy each other's presence? It's so much easier to do that on a simplified date. Mm-hmm. And I just think if people did it more, it would make it would it would also speed up the dating process as far as seeing quickly if we can make this work or not. Because too many people are letting the dating process drag along with somebody and they develop what I call dating fatigue. Mm. So now you've allowed this person to remain longer than they should have. It was never going to really work. If you go through this enough times, you become so exhausted with the process that now, even if the right person showed up, you don't have the energy for it. Mm. You're also now more negative and skeptical because the last few people that wasted your time or that you wasted time with, all right? So to me, it would minimize that dating fatigue and get people in and out the door a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And now imagine if, if, if I have to go on five dates in the next two weeks, but they're all simple coffee dates, then there's no, oh my gosh, I'm spending too much money or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Or if you're a woman, I'm getting intimate with five different people. No, you see what I'm saying? Because now we kept it simple. We removed those things. It's either we can make it work or we can't. Ah, that's so true. And then what about like the daytime, like versus nighttime? As you were talking, I was like, oh, if you go for coffee during the day, also it kind of eliminates that like pressure of thinking that they're going to try it on. Yes, I definitely think daytime dates is the way to go. Like if if I invite a woman on a date, I typically offer lunch or brunch. I don't go for dinner. I mean, if they want dinner, okay, cool. But to me, I like to keep it lunch or brunch. That's way, again, we're, we're not focused on that other stuff. Mm-hmm. We're just focused on going out, enjoying ourselves, seeing what the vibe is. That's it. So I definitely think that would help for everybody. And again, if it's lunch or brunch or around that time or even breakfast, whatever, it's going to be naturally more less expensive. It's not easy to be the one that's constantly spending every single time. Whereas a woman may get exhausted with the time that she's giving to these different men, 
the man can get exhausted by the amount of money he has to spend to all these different women and not knowing each time will this go anywhere. Mm. So we're all getting cynical in our own way, yes. but for different reasons. And then as we become cynical, we then go on more dates and now two cynical people become together and now you're very confused on both sides <laughs> of things. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and that's why we have to change the way we look at things. Mm. We have to... We have to not allow cynical, being cynical to creep in, being negative to creep in. Like, I don't view people as this one's so toxic. Well, of course, again, there are toxic people. But I think a lot of situations are just symptoms of they're with the wrong person. So what I mean by that is this. If a woman, another example I feel the need to use for some reason, kind of hitting my spirit. I knew a woman one time where... All the guys she dated or was in relationships with, uh, there was this rumor or this reputation being built that she was a prude in these relationships when it comes to sexual, being sexual with them, all right? Um, very, very conservative. Yet, there was this other guy that I knew about, that everybody else knew about, where with this guy, from what I was told, she was like completely wide open sexually with this guy. And I use that to say, you can have someone that can be with 10 people and they struggle to maybe be as open as they need to be. They don't give them the level of treatment those 10 people deserve. Yet that same person can get with that one individual who is that one person for them. And now it's a completely different ballgame. Mm. So what that says to me is that this individual was capable, but those 10 people weren't a good fit for them. It did not tap into their true self. It did not bring out their full potential. And there's various reasons for that. But the fact remains that rather than always viewing it as these horrible people, it's no, we're not right for each other. And when we're not right for each other, people start to behave in ways that are not healthy. Again, even some of the, the most nicest, sweetest women have done things, whether they realize it or not. Like, for example, neglecting their partner in certain ways. But to them, they may have validated it through, well, he's not doing this or he's not doing that. No. You guys are just not right for each other. Mm. And if you were in the right relationship, you'd be doing all these things. Same way if he was in the right relationship, he'd be doing all these things. Mm. So part of it is people lack a relationship education, we'll call it. But I think a big portion is you can't tap into that true potential of a human being unless they're in the right place. I'd love to talk about dating these days um, because... I'm finding my single female friends are having a lot more issues than they did five, ten years ago yeah. on interpreting someone's actions. And what I mean by that is I have some friends that are very traditional. And in their tradition, it's like you go out for dinner, the man picks you up, he takes you out, he pays for it. And that's just what they are looking for. Yes. And so one of my friends, who's very traditional, turns <laughs> around to me, he's like, Lisa, I went on this date. And I'm sitting there and he's looking at me when the bill comes. And immediately, she's like, oh, he's done. Nope, I'm never, not a second date. <laughs> Hell to the no, right? And she kind of just looks at him and she just is like, the kind of, you know, just like shows him the bill. And he turns around, he's like, thank God. And she's like, what? He's like, I'm so glad you said that. She's like, what? Like, surreal, what is happening right now? And he was said, he went on a date the week before. He went to pay for the bill and the woman freaked out. What, I can't take care of my own bill? You think that I'm incompetent? Here's a man again thinking I can't pay mm -hmm. for myself. So he goes on another date with my friend. 
He's petrified because he thinks he doesn't want to disrespect the woman. So he doesn't want to offer to pay because he doesn't want to disrespect her. Because a week ago, he just learned that. And she's sitting there in her own mind, in her own um, morals, beliefs, the ways that she wants to be treated, ways she wants a partner to show up. She now feels disrespected because he doesn't offer to pay. So how do you, have you heard about these, these types of struggles these days with women? <laughs> how would you deal with those situations and know whether it's, oh, he's just like this and he thinks, I'm not freaking paying for you, mm-hmm. right? A personality trait or someone who's being um, respectful and trying to work around your boundaries. So the key is I, I tell anyone who watches my video, I say, listen, red flags are not see it, run. Red flags are see it, address it, then if it's not corrected, walk away. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the way to solve all this, and I'm glad, I'm so happy you brought up that example because it is happening more often than people realize in so many different ways. Let me just mention real quick, on the internet, there are men who give other men advice, and I'm not calling anyone out specifically, and this is no shade, but men who give advice on tactics to make that woman want you that involve things like backhanded compliments, that involve things like ignoring her, that don't treat her this kind of way. There's a quote that says, if you treat her like a celebrity, she'll treat you like a fan, okay? And so I think women assume that when men engage in some of these things, it's automatically he's a player, he's trying to use me. No, he's a man who's actually trying to win you over but is implementing bad advice. The same way it happens to women. There are women who behave and do certain things, not because that's who they are, not because that's their character, but it was the advice they were given. And unfortunately, society in this microwave society that we have, if they don't see it the way they want right away, it's like you said, hell no, I'm out. This is not going to work. Rather than no, discuss it because it may simply be a misunderstanding. And you will see, because in using your example, if this guy was the guy who really believes, no, you, we should be going half and half, and I don't believe in paying for any woman's bills, he would make that clear. I think there's this assumption that, oh, no, well, you can ask them and they'll lie. The average person, when you ask the right questions, doesn't lie. There are liars out there. But most people, when it comes to their personal beliefs and the way that they want to have their relationships, they're very honest. So broke men who don't want to spend money on you usually don't lie about wanting to spend money on you, okay? They're they're not going to set up this whole idea that they're willing to spend. Now, are there men out there who will? Absolutely. But in most cases, no. In most cases, he will proudly say, oh, no, we do half and half over here. I believe in 50-50, boom, 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 boom. So you can rest assured that if you ask enough questions, he will show you who he is. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's how we need to better handle it rather than assuming things. Now, now granted, I I would love for every man and every woman to understand what we may deem proper etiquette. But that's that's too complicated in this world where, again, people have different value systems. So I can tell a man, hey, man, you should always be willing to pay for the date. Don't ever go there and not not pay. But then look what happened to that guy. Mm. He paid and he got chewed out. But here's the other problem that I think both men and women have to understand. Stop doing what you think will work and do what works for you. So it's like, listen, I'll use me. I'm a man who believes in paying for the date. I don't believe in 50-50. I don't do 50-50, okay? 
So if I was that guy and I go on a date and I pay for it and now you chew me out for paying for it, I'm not going to stop paying for my dates. I just won't date you anymore because what works for me is paying. That's the way I work. I'm not deviating from that. We have to decide where where do we draw our line in the sand? So even if you're a woman, if you're a woman who believes in the man paying and the man providing and all these things, I don't want you to go on a date and go Dutch because you think that's your way to get your foot in the door or because, you know, that's a better way for men to look upon you in favor. No, because you can't sustain that. And that's the thing. If this guy is truly a provider and he now uh, uh, accommodates this woman and, and changes his ways to try to be with her, will you be happy now in this new role you've been forced in trying to keep this person? All right. Mm-hmm. Same way, if you're a woman and let's just say um, you you are a career woman, you are some because I believe this and there are women out there who are wired to be homemakers. That's where their heart is. That's where they're going to be happiest and at peace. There are other women who are wired to do things. They want to create businesses or they want to jump on projects because that's what fuels them. And so now if you are the person who's fueled by projects and businesses and all these things and you try to accept being a homemaker to make this man happy and to make it work, you've now robbed yourself of your own peace. You're not being true to yourself. You can't sustain this. You might keep it up for a while, but you're not going to be happy. And and we can flip it the other way. There are women who really want to be at home, but they embrace being in a career to, to again, maybe it's their parents or someone told them you got to have your own thing or whatever the case may be. Or they, they're seeing all these men who say you have to bring your own stuff to the table, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. But you're not happy there. You can't sustain it. So now you get with a man who thinks you like or you're OK with this career lifestyle. Let's say five years into it, because at some point your true self is going to come out. We cannot keep up this this other life forever. So at some point, you're going to come home like, I'm tired. Can I, I want to stay home with the kids. I don't want to do this. And he's going to look at you like, you, are you crazy? Like, I didn't sign up for this. Now there's a battle. Now you're forced to stay in this role that you never really liked. And yes, that can start all the way from the first <laughs> date. What are you presenting? Who are you really what works for you? And now the, the goal should be not trying to fit into other people's lives, but seeing who we fit together with. All right. This is the life that I know I want to live. This is the life that this person wants to live. Does it come into alignment with each other? If it does, we got something. If it doesn't, don't force the issue. Oh, my God. I love that so much. And that's exactly what my friend did on that day. She just communicated with him and was like, look, I'm the kind of girl I like guys treating me to dinner. I don't need you to. I don't need you to buy me clothes. I've, I earn my own money, but I like it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really appreciated how upfront she was, honest she was. Um And it's that thing that it wasn't out of a necessity, right? And she was like, look, I don't need you to, but I still want you to. And the fact that she was able to communicate, um, I know that they went on multiple dates. I'm actually not sure if she's still dating him, but she then was able to have multiple dates with him because she was able to communicate with him on that first date what Mm -hmm. she was looking for. And I think that 
it was probably wonderful that he was also able to say his side of things as like, oh my God, thank God, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, and this is why I was like that. And I think when you're able to have those types of communication and transparency, it can really work. The problem is when it's your first day, you always put in your, fir- your best foot forward. See, but, and, and that's what we need to change. It's, and again, it's not about, of course, I want your best self to show up. But it has to be your true self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Best foot forward should not be how do I win the date over? Mm-hmm. Best foot forward should be how do I show who I am to see if they really connect with me? That's best foot, best foot forward. And I think if we learn to accept that and, and in accepting that, we have to understand everyone's not going to like us. You're not going to win every date. You, We have to approach dating not in a I'm hoping for a second date. Approach it as in, I want to enjoy this experience, see if we connect, and we take it from there. That's it. All right? So if a second date doesn't happen, cool. I still enjoy myself as best as I could. I show who I am. We keep it moving. Because what happens is when you're you're in the mindset of trying to win this person over, one, you lose yourself in that process. All right? But two, you end up holding on to someone who never belonged in your life to begin with. Which brings it to number three. Now you develop what I call dating fatigue because now you're only prolonging the inevitable. Whether it's date five, whether it's five months into the relationship, whether it's five years into a marriage, at some point, the true selves are going to show up. And if they don't align, we have a problem now. And this is going to fall apart. All right. And if even and if you some people stay together, but they stay together in misery. All right. The quality of this experience goes completely uh, uh, to the left, goes down the drain. So why even set ourselves up for that? From the jump, be who you are. And if they don't like it, cool, cool. That just means you're moving on faster down the path of receiving the person who is for you. Uh, I've got one of, your, uh, one of my favorite quotes of yours. You will never be good enough for the wrong person. Absolutely. (laughs) I was like, that's so good. Like, that is so good. And so as you're talking, it's like, okay, if you show up to be your true self and the other person doesn't feel right, then don't try and change you. It's not about you not being good enough. It's about that no matter who, like, how you try and shape yourself, it's the wrong person so they'll never be right. And let me say this, because I want, I don't want the audience to misunderstand something. We have to also learn what truly is who we are and who we're choosing to be. Go on. So <laughs> let's say, for example, and I, I've had some women say they're not affectionate people. All right. Now, I'm not I'm a firm believer that that doesn't truly exist. All right. I'm not mm-hmm. saying I couldn't be wrong, but I believe that the issue isn't that you're not affectionate is that you fear being vulnerable because being affectionate is a level of vulnerability mm-hmm. that is required in that exchange. And so there's something that has made you uncomfortable with this, okay? Now, I've yet to find a successful relationship that doesn't have healthy affection. So if if you come across someone and they say, well, you know what? I like you, but you're just not affectionate. I don't want you to say, oh, well, that's just how I am. End of story. Because that's something, it's not who you are. It's something that you need to improve. You need to recognize that's an issue. We have to be honest with ourselves about what are unhealthy things and what are going to cause problems in any relationship. All right. And the reality is that even if you convince yourself, well, there's other non-affectionate people. How often have you seen two people who are not affectionate be very happy with each other over the long term? Hmm. Because again, it's not really who they are. 
What's really happening is it's two people holding on to deeper issues that don't allow them to be affectionate. And so now you can't be happy in that relationship because the other issues will rear its ugly face in other ways. And it speaks to a greater disconnect within self. Because think about this. As children, what do we do? We cry to be held. No one told us to want to be held and, and to enjoy affection and love. We're wired that way. So to tell me as an adult that I'm just not like that, no. To another example is people who are blunt. All right. Now, I'm someone who is very blunt. And when I was one of the many things I love about you, by <laughs> the way, you. let me just say. <laughs> but let me tell you, when I was younger, I, I disguised it as I was blunt without tact. OK. Yeah, All right. That's... I just let it fly. And my whole defense was, well, I'm just being real. I'm just honest. Mm-hmm. The problem wasn't me. It's you. You can't handle my honesty. And I had to learn that, no, I was an asshole. That, that's the bottom line. I, I was a professional asshole, okay? And, and, and I, I thought it was, I convinced myself this was okay. But I had to learn that, no, you have a responsibility in how you deliver your message. Mm-hmm. So I don't, so who I am is blunt, yes. But who I am not is being rude and crass and, and being uh, uh, lacking compassion with how people feel when I ex- express certain things. So the key is not to stop being honest and blunt. I just had to learn how to do it with love, with compassion, with an understanding of how people receive me, learning how to be more in tune with self and other individuals so that I can relay this message in a way that you can receive. I had to accept the reality is you either want to be heard or you want to be received. I want to be received always. So I'm always going to be mindful of how I give a message. So all that to say, these are examples of be, again, being rude, lacking, not being affectionate, they're not who you are. They're symptoms of other issues we have not resolved. Mm-hmm. Recognize those things. And you can always recognize them by asking yourself, will this make a relationship better? All right? Yeah. Lacking affection is not going to make a relationship better. Even if you guys can somehow tolerate it, it doesn't make it better. Mm-hmm. All right? Being so blunt to where you're not even concerning yourself with their feelings does not make a relationship better. Because once someone is emotionally invested in you, they're way more sensitive to your words. So if you can't learn to even speak to your partner correctly, you're gonna have a big problem on your hands. So anything you can recognize as not making a relationship better means you need to correct the issue. And again, there may be a part of that that is who you are, but there's a better version of it you need to reach. So um, you mentioned earlier, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but it was so powerful. And I bet you everyone at home is like, thank you, Lisa, for asking this question. <laughs> What's the difference between connection and chemistry? Because you said people may think it's connection, but it could be chemistry. Yes. In fact, you talk about the three C's. Let's go back to that. Chemistry, compatibility, and connection. Okay. Can you break those three down and let us know which ones are they necessary or all three necessary or only one necessary? Okay. So let's start with compatibility. Compatibility to me is more of a logical approach to do these two people fit together? So it's like, okay, they come from the same background. They like the same things. It's basically on paper, they are compatible, which is why if you go to a dating site, they can match people based off of compatibility. But the reality is that it doesn't always actually work out, all right? (laughs) Because compatibility is just one layer of it. And I'll be honest with you, it is the least needed layer. All right. Because, again, compatibility is also based off of what we've been taught, social constructs of what should fit together. Meaning 
if you had, think about if you're in a society that has a class system and you come from the upper class and you meet someone from the lower class. Well, society tells you, you two are not compatible. You don't belong together. You're from different classes, but you two may experience the most amazing connection ever. And because you're caught up in compatibility and what society says, you will pass on that person. I actually had a woman who she was dating a guy. I I don't remember what her job was, but I know she was high earning woman, very successful. She met a man. I want to say he was a garbage man. I'm not 100% sure, but I know his job was not prestigious. All right. He wasn't broke, but nowhere near making her kind of money. They had an amazing connection, but she said her family would always say he's not good enough for you. You should not be with this guy. He he basically pursued her for eight months. After eight months, he finally gave up. After he gave up, she was mad and now saying, oh, he was never serious because he gave up. And I'm like, wait a minute. You made this man. <laughs> Poor guy. So eight eight, months? eight Exactly. Eight months. You have your whole family saying he's not good enough. For, what do you want this man to do? And at no point did you fully embrace being with him. Yeah. And let's face it, if it was the other way around and I had a friend that was a woman that was chasing a guy for eight months, I'd be like, homie, what are you doing? Exactly. Like, so I, but it's funny how it's sometimes when it's reversed, it doesn't feel like, you know, exactly. So, but that's a perfect example of, you know, sometimes compatibility, the way we view it can get in the way. Mm. Now, I do believe that there's a level of compatibility that is necessary as far as sharing the same values. All right. Yeah. We must share the same values. We must want the same things. That to me is a bigger form of compatibility. I think there are other some generic general ones we can use when it comes to compatibility, because I also believe that being compatible should be about bringing balance to each other. Hmm. All right. I think that some people make the mistake of looking for their match, looking for someone who's like them. And it's like, yeah, but now there's no balance in the relationship. Like to me, I'm very introverted. So I, being with another introverted person, I'm not saying that I would completely eliminate that possibility, but to me, it'd be more advantageous to be with someone who's a little more extroverted because it creates a balance in this relationship. A balance when we have other things in place that allow us to respect and value our differences. Because if we don't have connection, which we'll get to in a few, we may see these differences as a clash. But when we have the other foundational pieces, we actually value these differences because they bring out different parts of us. And now we can enjoy that. When you're out there trying to build and grow your business, but you have so much going on in other areas of your life, be it with your family or your romantic partner or your homies, whatever else you've got going on, you need to be using the best tools available to save time and actually see growth in your company this year, right? And that's why, guys, I really recommend that you go and check out Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell every stage of your business. Whether you're just starting out, selling badass necklaces online, or scaling your high-end beauty products to physical stores, Shopify's got you covered, my homie. And their award-winning customer support is ready to help you at every step of your journey. Because let's face it, when you get stuck, you need help. Now, what I love about Shopify is that you can make the most of your time and sell more with less effort. Who doesn't love that? Now you actually have time for self-care, which, let's face it, is super freaking important. Now, with this built-in AI and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to take your business to the next level. It's actually no surprise, guys, that Shopify powers 10% of all, all e-commerce in the US. That's insane. So sign up for only $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. 
Again, go to shopify.com slash Lisa. Now grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Lisa. There is so much confusing and conflicting information out there about what is a healthy diet, right? But my rule of thumb, guys, is that if you focus on eating high-quality animal-based proteins rather than cheaper, over-processed meals with a ton of junk ingredients with long words that you just can't pronounce, then you'll immediately be surprised at how much better and how different you feel. That absolutely is how it was for me, guys, when I was recovering from crippling stomach issues that I wasn't able to eat much at all. And then I found ButcherBox. It was amazing because I could finally eat meat that didn't make me feel sick or bloated or just hunched over in agony. And guys, I'm telling you, never looked back. I am their biggest, most avid fan. And that's because ButcherBox's unbelievable high standard qualities in their product is guaranteed. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers the highest quality meats and seafood ships directly to your door. Every month, you can let ButcherBox curate a box of high quality cuts for you, or you can actually customize if you're like me and very picky. You can customize your box with the exact things and the cuts that you are looking for and prioritize your favorite stuff. So guys, it is actually easy to eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the freaking planet delivered right to your door. And ButcherBox is right now offering our listeners, that's you guys, your choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for absolutely free in every order for a year. Like, that's so insane. And I'm telling you, I'm so excited about this offer because I truly love the brand. Plus, actually, I got so excited, I forgot to tell you this. You get $20 off your first order. So just give it a try. Click the link in the show notes or go to butcherbox.com slash W-O-I and use code W-O-I to choose your free offer and get $20 off your order right now. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Oh my God, that's so good. And can I just tell you, so that, I don't know if you know, but um, that was basically the issue with me and my husband. I came, I come from a very traditional Greek Orthodox family mm-hmm. and my husband's a, a white boy from Tacoma. And so, <laughs> you know, my when my dad met him, was like, well, he, he, like, it can't work. Like, he was just like, of course it can't work. Like, he's not christened. He doesn't understand our religion. He, you know, um, doesn't come from England or understand, you know, the Cypriot life. And so he eats chicken nuggets and fries. <laughs> like, well, my, you know, we've got these big Greek dishes that are coming out and he wants fries. And so my dad was like, well, it can never work. And at the time I perceived it to be about me. Like I'm incapable of making it work. And what Mm. I realized was, is to your point, is that sometimes actually it was the fact that we were so different that made us so beautifully like combined because he allowed me and asked me questions that I'd never considered even thinking through. Mm -hmm. So he would say, well, why do you believe in God? And, you know, why do you want children? I was like, like, and then he's just like, I watch porn. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, you know, he was like, 
con almost like completely going against everything I'd ever thought about what a first date would be mm -hmm. um, and what I thought was compatible. And I even said I, I wouldn't have ticked all his boxes. Like um, a dating app never would have put us together. Exactly. They wouldn't have put on us together. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I say compatibility is a more logical on paper approach but it's shaped by people's personal perceptions. Because mm. what one person will say can be compatible, the next person might say differently. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, these dating apps use all kinds of scientific studies, but still, they're shaping it based off certain references they have. But it doesn't tell the whole story. So chemistry, I would say, is a step up. Because now, where compatibility is on paper, and you can determine if people, well, people determine compatibility even just by looking at certain qualities that have been listed. Chemistry requires two people actually mixing together, so to speak. You can't determine chemistry unless you guys actually engage and interact, right? And the thing with chemistry is that it is definitely an important piece of the puzzle. However, we have to understand that one, chemistry is in greater abundance than connection, which we'll talk about. Because think about it. If you are a social person who has a great personality, you can have chemistry with a lot of people. It's not rare to come across a bunch of people you feel chemistry with because you know how to get along. You know how to fit with people. Chemistry is how we flow together, mm -hmm. how we're able to, to engage with each other, all these different things, as well as the fact that chemistry can be created. And I, and I always use the example of sports or corporations. We have team building exercises to build chemistry. Mm. We can put together five players on the basketball team who've never played together. And in time, they can learn to have chemistry. Mm. So you can create it and you can destroy it. Because the minute that someone wants to go off that path, chemistry is done. You can have two people who get along so well. But if this man or woman changes certain aspects about themselves, that chemistry can go away immediately. Or if they were presenting a false representative of themselves, you built chemistry based on the false representative. Now when the true self comes, chemistry gone, all right? Because again, it's a very fluid thing. Yeah. It can come, it can go, you can get it back, you can lose it, all these things. And so a lot of women, they'll meet a guy, and one example I wanna use, because I just come across it a lot and I find it very funny, is when people claim they have sexual chemistry with someone they haven't had sex with. <laughs> Okay, and I'm like I always, so trying to process that right now. <laughs> How, yeah, what does think that about that? Chemistry requires the two to actually engage and mix. How can you claim sexual chemistry without sex? What you're experiencing is attraction and maybe horniness happening <laughs> all at the same time. Isn't that just being horny? <laughs> yes, that's what it is. It's like we're both attracted, we're both a little horny, and we're both receptive to it. So this energy that we're feeling right now, we label it chemistry. But there are people who felt that, went into the bedroom, and it was trash. All right? Ah. Because it was never chemistry. Okay? So we have this, this habit of mislabeling things and misinterpreting things and using this whole chemistry as validation for why we should move forward. No, there's more to it than that. So again, with chemistry, it's, it's, it's something that is more abundant and like I said, can be built, can be destroyed and you need it. You need it. So I, I don't dis, I don't discredit it as much as I would compatibility, but it is, uh, it's misused in a lot of situations, which now brings us to connection. Connection to me is the biggest piece of the puzzle. 
And when there is connection, there will be chemistry. All right. Compatibility, there's an argument there because again, what looks good on paper, because look at you and your husband. You guys could have chemistry and connection, but people would say, but you guys weren't compatible. So that can that doesn't have to be there. Hmm. But chemistry, you guys, I'm sure, still had the chemistry, yeah. had the connection. And we work on that chemistry even to this day after exactly. 22 years later. But here's the thing. Connection is the glue that holds it all together. Mm. So people's ability to work through things are severely hindered when there is not a connection there. All right. There isn't that deeper draw to each other. And what I believe on a spiritual level is your spirit recognizing its match. Because they say spiritually things happen in the spirit realm before they happen in, in our world, so to speak. So it's almost like the spirit already knows this is who I'm supposed to be with. Mm-hmm. The spirit already knows this is who I can connect with or whatever the case may be. We, in our human form, however you want to phrase it, we just have to come to an acceptance of it. You see, people experience connection, but they struggle to accept the connection. Mm-hmm. Connection is also much more rare. If you were to survey people and ask them, how many times have you experienced this deeper connection? At most, you might hear it's two times. And, and there's... There's other theories I have as to why it's so rare. One, I think it's just rare because it's not meant for... If we look at it again from a spiritual assignment type mm-hmm. of perception, mm-hmm. we're not assigned to everybody. We cannot be with just anybody. And some people will think you can just... I'm going to speak on this real quick from a very Christian perspective, but I know that this doesn't apply to everyone. Everyone yeah. has different beliefs. But even if you look at it from that from biblical perspectives, everyone did not come from the same tribe, so to speak. All right. And you were told, don't be with you can't be with someone outside the tribe. They will pull you away from God. They will pull you into their gods. All right. So let's just say every tribe has that belief system that, hey, you have to deal with the people within this circle because outside of that, it will pull you outside and now compromise where you're supposed to be. So no matter how you want to apply that, it just speaks to the fact that you can't just pick and choose who you want and say, we're going to make it work. And even if we take away spirituality for a second, I believe that we're all wired a certain way. Life isn't about making something of yourself or becoming who you want to be. It's discovering who you are and then bringing it to its fullest potential. All right. Like you ever see like there's kids who I've met so many adults where they're unhappy in their work life. And when you really dig deep into their lives, what they really want to do as an adult was something that they loved as a child. Yeah. It was always there, yeah. all right? Unfortunately, though, society derails kids mm-hmm. and says, no, you can't do this. This won't make enough money or this isn't prestigious enough or this or that. And so people go on a complete, in a completely different direction. And then what happens is by the time you become an adult and you can make your own decisions or you've gone so deep down the path of building whatever life that society, parents, whoever told you to, then now it's too scary to go in the direction that you're really called to go mm. into. And instead you stay where you're at because it's easier. All right. Same thing happens in relationships. I have to mention some people have gone so far off the path relationship wise, maybe in the wrong relationship that now, even when they come across that person, they have a connection with, it's too scary to now go over there. It's too scary to have to uproot your family. Maybe if you have kids and it's understandable, but this is what's happening to so many people. So going back to connection, again, I believe on a deeper level is our spirit. It's who we are assigned to, so to speak. Um, and it's the glue because whatever that draw is, 
it gives us that extra motivation, that extra strength to want to work through things. So I look at it like this. Like one of the things I always say is going back to sex. The key to great long lasting sex is connection. All right. There's a lot of people who think, well, no, I have to test drive before I get married or whatever, (laughs) because I got to know what I'm getting myself into. And those same people can tell you stories of how the sex was great in the beginning and then it went away. And you ask why? Like his his thing didn't change. It's the same thing it was before. All right. <laughs> she, she's not much different than she was before. What has changed here? Well, one of the things that's changed is motivation to please you. Because initially my motivation was to impress you. My motivation was to get you to lure you in. So I did everything I could to please you. But if at my core, I don't like who you are. I'm not in love with who you are. I'm not going to be as motivated to keep pouring into you. I believe a lot of people become narcissists in their relationship. They were not narcissistic in the beginning, which is why you didn't see it the way that you see it now. Mm. All right. Because sometimes what happens is if you have, I'll give an example. You have two people, they get together. They're not truly in love, but they become attached for various reasons. And initially, because they're trying to make it work and it's fresh, it's new, or they're just happy to have someone, they go all out, right? But again, because there's not a connection, because they're not really in love with each other, at some point, they start to get more lackadaisical. They start to slack off, all right? They're not pouring into you the same way. They're not caring about your feelings the way they should. So now, whoever is getting the short end of the stick or the shorter end of the stick, it is very possible for them, or it can happen on either side, to now say, okay, I'm going to look out for me. Now it's all about me because I'm not getting what I need from my partner. So I'm going to make this all about me entering the narcissism. You see, but it's all stemmed from because you guys weren't really into each other because you guys didn't have the connection because true love did not exist here. And that's why when people will say, you know, the quote that says love conquers all, people say, well, love didn't win here. No, love never existed there. (laughs) You guys were driven by something completely other than love. You just slapped the label on love of love on it and thought that would make it work. Mm -hmm. No, you weren't being honest with yourselves about why are you really here? Why are you holding on to this person? Some of you are holding on because you're afraid to be alone, not because you love them. Mm Some of you are holding on because your parents pressured you saying you're getting older. When you're going to have babies, when you're going to get married and that got in your head. And so you forced the issue with a man that you don't really love like that. The single shaming is so real right now. Yes. When us women go on dates, there's always that one moment where you're waiting. Like, is he going to make a move? Is he not going to make a move? (laughs) And if he does make a move, we interpret it to mean something. And if he doesn't make a move, we interpret it to mean Mm -hmm. something. So I'd really love to dive in deep today. So by the end of the episode, people actually know what are the signals so that we can know whether we should maybe um, take the relationship seriously, whether it's going to be a one night stand. And so help us understand how men see sex, how men see sex on the first date. Wow. And then let's, <laughs> let's really dive deep on this subject. Uh, where, where should we begin? So let, let me start with how men view sex on the first date. Perfect. All right. So... I think in today's society, um, there's two sides, of course. There's men who, they're going to judge you if you have sex with them on the first date. They may not be vocal about that uh, on social media and things of that nature because some of them understand if I say I'm going to judge you, then I won't be able to get it. 
So I'll play like it's not a big problem for me. But in reality, I am going to question certain things about you if you move too fast. Now, I always believe that once someone is in the moment and depending on how much they actually like you can determine how they will interpret certain things. So basically, if I'm not really that interested and I already came into it just hoping to have fun and we have sex on the first date, well, now you just kind of... uh giving me the reward I was looking for. And I'm just going to stick with that. And yeah, it's, it's not even about him judging you at that point. All it did is make sure that it stayed in the box that he wanted to keep it in to begin with. All right. But if he actually really likes you and has deeper, genuine interest, then he's more willing to like view that as an outlier moment and not say that's, that's a representative of her character and something that I need to question or look deeper into. So I think that you know, for a lot of women, you it's very dangerous to kind of get caught up in how the man interprets things because you just don't know. And it's going to vary from man to man. You have to stand in your truth because if you are a woman, and I'm not saying women should have sex on the first date, but if you are a woman who are, who's okay with having sex on the first date, well, the last thing you want is to end up with a man who views that poorly because chances are there's other areas in sex that you guys won't be on the same page about. And there's going to be a conflict ongoing that's going to not allow you to to be in harmony in the bedroom, so to speak. So to me, it's like as a woman, you have to live in whatever your truth is. But yes, there are men who judge and then there's some men who they don't care. Like, I'll be honest with you. I'm one of those guys. I never cared. I never felt that if this happens on the first date that I can't take you seriously. You know, to me, it was deeper than that. You know, do we have a connection you know, can we communicate? Are we on the same page? If that's there, I always view that that moment of sex on the first date as maybe the chemistry was just strong. Like I don't, I didn't go deep into that's her character. She does that with everybody. But there's a lot of dudes that do. And I will say this too: I've seen one situation where man met a woman, they had sex on the first date, they eventually get in a relationship. Months into the relationship, things get a little rocky. A friend of his says to him. Well, what do you expect? She had sex with you on the first date. So even though he was willing to look past it, the other people who tells about it could end up planting a seed of negativity, of doubt in him, using that as the validation for that. So it was like, oh, well, you see how she handled this. You see what she did there. And that's where it can become dangerous because if he doesn't know how to think for himself and not allow outside noise to impact them, He's going to have a hard time in that moment pushing away those negative thoughts and focusing on what's more important. Oh, all right. So, <laughs> there's so much amazing goodness there. Okay. So there's really definitely two parts of it, right? There's, yeah. there's us as women. How do we show up on that first date? And then there's also... Um, receiving how the men then reacts towards you. Okay. Yeah. So it's like... If they make the move, we interpret that as, oh, maybe they really like us. But it could be they're just looking for a one-night stand. Yes. If they don't make the move, we can interpret it as like, oh, they must not like us. And actually, they're like, wow, maybe there's something more. So it's a very confusing. <laughs> I think I'm going to say that eight times in this episode. Um, so I would really love to like start to peel back the signs and just kind of go over the interpretations. Because you know me, I'm all about how do we empower women right now to be able to then make decisions for themselves, mm. right? That's the goal. It's not about like, wow, if the guy turn, you know, tries it on, then you should sleep with him. No, 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 no. It's that 
If they do X, Y, and Z, then at least we can understand what that could mean. We can look at all the situation and then decide for ourselves whether this is something we want to do or not. Yes. So let's take, for instance, let's start with the guy that doesn't actually try it on. Okay. I've heard you say, like, sometimes it's confusing for the men because mm-hmm. if they don't try it on, They worry that us as women interpret that as we don't, they're, they're not interested. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they're actually just trying to take it slowly. Yes. So that's actually more common than women think. And I think when trying to understand how to decipher if this man is just serious or maybe he's la- lacking interest. One, let me say this. If he, so if he doesn't make the move, but he's treating you well on this date, he's engaging in conversation, he's showing interest. You have to use that as, okay, wait a minute. Because here's the thing. A guy who's only on a date just for the sake of a one-night stand and having fun is, in most cases, limiting the conversation. Actually, probably making the conversation very sexual, making very you know sexual comments and things of that nature. He's not trying to go deep within learning who you are and understanding you better. He just wants to get to the main event, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> If this guy is spending time getting to know you, but doesn't make a move, then I think that, yes, that's the sign that he is genuinely interested. Men become more cautious when it comes to making sexual attempts, the more they like a woman. So I knew one uh, story where a guy, he was like a man whore. All right. He was just running around different women, quote unquote, having his fun. He meets a woman one day. This is in college. He meets a woman. He comes home because we were roommates and he's like, I think I met the one. And with this woman, he said specifically, I don't want to try to have sex with her. I want to take this slow. Like he literally held back. So this same guy who would not give that kind of leeway to the other women he he was dating, like to them, if if they're not going to sleep with him, they're out. That's plain and simple. But with this woman, he was saying, I want to take it slow because men... At that point, they don't want that woman to think, I'm only here for sex. I'm trying to show you that I want you for more than that. I'm trying to respect you in that way, as well as some men may have evolved to the point of realizing, I don't want to cloud my judgment by having sex too soon. I don't want to make this messy. I don't want to create attachments. Let me take my time. If the more intentioned he is, the more he's willing or decides he wants to take his time. And I will say If he, even though we're going to talk about the guys who make the attempt, if he makes the attempt and you decline and he handles it, that's another sign to you that, okay, it's more so how he handles your willingness to wait. So, for example, let's just say you, he hasn't made the move, but sex comes up and you just, you mentioned how you want to take your time with it. <clears throat> well, again, the guy who's not that serious is probably going to try to give you some pushback you know, may maybe even be dismissive or may just ignore it and still try to push and make moves. Whereas the guy who, again, is serious about you is going to be a lot more mindful of it. So, and again, it gets tricky. And that's why I think women have to look at the overall situation, mm-hmm. the overall picture of what's going on. How is he behaving otherwise outside of just making a move on you? And is there, that's amazing, is there any fine line though between now you've become a challenge? Because I think that that's also one thing where some guys I've heard, you know, a lot of friends talk about that they've now become the conquest. Mm -hmm. And so they are going to play it slow in order to just to make sure that they actually get you into bed. 
So that does happen. Um, I, in my per- professional opinion, I don't think that happens as often as women think. Um, I think, especially in today's world, people are used to. We're, we're in a microwave society. We we want things right away. We want it easy. A lot of guys who are just trying to have sex want the least path of resistance. All right. So if if they have to go through the whole play it slow and wait and take you out on dates throughout that process. And that's the key there, too. It's one thing to take it slow as in I have to wait a longer period of time before you're willing to sleep with me versus I have to continuously put in effort during that time for you to sleep with me. Most guys are not trying to go months of consistently talking, taking you out, spending money on you while waiting just for that one moment to have sex so they can finally get it and walk away. Most guys. Does it exist? Yes. But most men don't even have the resources to... Because Could you imagine if I'm a guy and I have to do that with every woman all right, that I'm trying to get with or several women, it gets expensive <laughs> just to have sex? Multiple dates? Multiple... You know, that's... No. So... Most of those guys are going to go for, okay, well, we can still talk here and there. We can Netflix and chill maybe, but putting forth real effort? No, that's not what most guys are going to do. So I think that, again, though, though those type of men exist, you can't get so worried about them that you now misjudge or you push away the man who's actually genuine about taking his time and working with you and, and considering how you feel about things. Listen, most people, I don't think anyone's that great of a liar. I think if you get someone, yes, I think if you get someone talking enough, they will expose themselves. So I think it's important for women to understand if you are concerned about his intentions, keep him talking, keep the conversation going. Number one, on one level, the man who's serious about you will embrace that conversation. The man who isn't is more likely to try to like end that. Like he doesn't want to keep this going. He doesn't want to talk all day. He wants to get to it, you know, so that in itself will show you, okay, what kind of what kind of investment is he making emotionally into this? But also when people have to keep answering questions, it's hard to keep your lies straight when you're constantly being questioned about certain things and not in an interrogation type of way, but in the natural flow of conversation. I just think that a lot of women, they get so afraid to ask questions when they're dating a guy, especially when they like him because they're worried about rocking the boat, pushing him away, all these different things, and they shoot themselves in the foot because it's those questions that would have exposed what his real intentions are. God, that's so true. And then the confirmation bias as well, when you go into like a first date or something, or if you're mm-hmm. dating someone, you're looking for certain things. Yes. And so sometimes when you are, when you were saying about asking questions, it's like, yes, you can ask questions, but also you have to be aware of why you're asking the question and not try not to as much as possible. Put your confirmation bias in there because you're waiting for the guy to say, I want to, let's say, for instance, you're looking for a relationship and you go into the first date. I, at least for myself, I know that I'd be waiting for like, Okay, he said he's willing to, he wants to get married. All right, that's right. And so now I'm waiting for, to hear the things that I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can potentially ignore the other signs that maybe, um, are maybe staring me in the face. Yes. Yes. And so that, and that's the thing. I think the, one of the mistakes we're making, both men and women, is going into dates with certain expectations mm-hmm. and being so laser focused to the point that, as you said, We're looking for this one thing and we ignore all the other stuff that's giving us the answer that we need. I think it's more important for us to go in with a mindset of, 
This is an experience. We're here to have a good time. Focus on having fun first, okay? And through mm-hmm. having fun, be confident in yourself enough to be aware. Like there's a way to kind of, I don't want to use the word indulge because people might take that the wrong way, but there's a way to allow yourself to let loose and enjoy the moment, but still pay attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. You see, so rather than looking for it, just be aware of it, aware if it pops up. So if he does mention something, like if he says, yeah, I'm not looking for anything serious, you don't have to go in waiting for that moment that he says that. No, but when he says it, okay, you know what? Register that, process that. Now I know what he's on. Okay, and now I have to determine do I want to engage with that or not. And make sure that you actually pay attention because part of you kind of wants to be like, yeah, but maybe I can change him. Maybe yeah. it's not me yet, right? <laughs> yeah. And I understand that inclination. Like I'm never like, I'm not looking to blame women in any way, shape or form, but mm-hmm. I understand that as human beings, that's going to be a natural inclination where you think, if if I'm the one, then things will be different. You know, not to bring up names, but like I always think about George Clooney. Mm. And I'm like, this guy, you know, proclaimed he was going to be a bachelor for the in his entire life. And he was in all of these really long-term relationships. And then I think he ended up meeting a woman. And then like a couple of months later, he got married and has, had kids. Mm. Um, so there is that part of a lot of us that hope that they're going to change when they meet us. But so what women have to understand is that most men have already come into that date putting you in a box. Meaning they've already determined this is probably not going any further than having fun. Maybe this is, maybe I would consider a relationship with her, but I can see myself marrying this woman or this is potential wife. All right. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds crazy when he hasn't really talked to you much yet. Right. But as bad as it sounds, a lot of men, just by looking at you and their level of attraction to you have determined what's the potential of this situation. So if he comes into it only already viewing you as just having fun, the chances that you can get out of that box into the more serious ones is extremely unlikely. I'm not saying it's never happened, but again, it's, it's probably just not going to happen. You, and you can't go in thinking, I can change that. All right. So if he's showing you initially, I'm not looking for something serious. I just want to have fun. You really have to take him at that word. And you have to say, okay, how do I want to navigate this knowing that's what his intentions are? Mm -hmm. If he changes it, it should not be because I had to go on this mission of trying to change his mind. It should just be that maybe he evolved into realizing, wow, I have something special here. Maybe I could, you know, make this work with her. I want this. But it has to happen in a natural flow or you just showing up as your own true self, not you trying to, again, capture his attention and change his mind. The other crazy thing is, now let's say he came into it saying, this is potential wife. You can easily go from potential wife to just the woman he wants to sleep with. Oh. All right. So it's hard to upgrade. It's very easy to be downgraded. Very easy. And this is where a lot of women get confused because they'll have these situations with men where Let's say he's putting in all the effort the first month or so. He's showing genuine intent. Let's say it does happen where they have sex or whatever. But then over time, she notices the effort's not there anymore. He stops. Mm -hmm. Everything's changing. And the, the idea is, oh, he always wanted to just have fun. He always wanted to be casual. He was playing games. He led me on. You know, he's despicable. But in reality, no. He came in with the idea that this could be something. 
However, somewhere along the way, he determines this isn't going to work. And unfortunately, and I'll use the word unfortunately because this is what gets women feeling used and played, is unfortunately, even though he recognizes, okay, this can't go too far uh, anymore in my eyes, I still want to have I still want to have sex with her. Mm. You see, that's that's the constellation prize, so to speak, at that point. So he hangs on or he keeps going for that reason and not even necessarily just for that reason. Also, because men have a hard time rejecting a woman and just saying it's this isn't going to work. This, you know, let's move in a different direction because men are typically in the position of trying to pursue and capture that woman's attention. And we're not given that opportunity to reject all the time, whereas women you go through life, you're approached by a lot of different men. You, you have to tell the guy in the street, no. You have to tell different guys, no, I'm not interested. You're more accustomed to letting that guy down. So these men in these situations, it's like, I like this woman. I think she's a great girl. I don't think she's the one. And I don't know as a man how to have that conversation and let her go properly. Instead, I start to fall off with my efforts. I start to fall off with my attention because I'm hoping that maybe either she will just say, all right, let me just leave this alone, right? Versus me having to be, quote unquote, the bad guy and verbally express to her, no, you aren't it. Especially because it's now hard for me to explain why you're not it when I do like you and there's technically nothing wrong with you. We're just not the right fit. It's just not there, you know? And I've mentioned this in some of my other videos. It's crazy because... I feel like women growing up were fed more of the fantasy idea of the one, the right man, which I believe in the one, but the whole even connection that I've talked about before, women know it and understand it. However, as we get older, it's like men hold to that principle more than women do. So though women understand connection and that one guy that you really can be with, Once a woman sees a man that she wants for whatever reason, a lot of women tend to now forget about the connections not there. Forget about the fact that maybe it's not the right, the best fit for me. No, I want this, so I'm locked in. Whereas the man, he's more like, yeah, she's great, but she's not it. She's not the one. And this is where we see a lot of confusion and disconnect and just problems happen. Oh my God, like literally my eyes are like bulging out of my head from just like how amazing that really was like the cartoons, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, eyes coming out. There was so much that, oh my God, that's so powerful in understanding the difference. And I actually really like, it's really beautiful. And this is one thing that I just, I've said to you many times that I love about your message is it's not about blame. It's not about saying, oh my God, the men are toxic and, you know, mm-hmm. or anything like that. There are, of course, toxic people out there, a thousand percent. But we like to put people in a bucket and we go, oh, well, if months down the line, you know, they are now not showing interest. I have been played these whole few months. And I think it's super powerful to actually know Mm -hmm. we do change. And maybe certain things have shown over that those few months in that relationship where now they realize, oh, maybe you're not the one or vice versa. And why do you think then we actually blanket and just being like, oh, they've been lying to me the whole time? Is it from for self-preservation? Yes, I do believe it's self-preservation. I, it's easier to say they're just a horrible person who oh. played me than to believe, well, something was missing in this dynamic that couldn't move it forward. Because for a lot of women, the unfortunate thing that women do is they start to think I wasn't good enough. Yeah. What was wrong with me? And I try to explain to women, like, it's not about what was wrong with you. 
It's just you're not the right fit. So again, you could be the most amazing, awesome woman, but you don't fit with every guy. And so his unwillingness to move forward with you is not a question of your value. It's a question of you guys cannot live in harmony together in the long term. He's acknowledging and recognizing that. So he's pulling away. You know, it's a blessing that he pulls away because, again, too many women, though deep inside, they may know he's not the right guy for various reasons. Try to make it work. Try to hold on and rationalize past their intuition, telling them he's not it. Leave, leave, leave. But she's like, no, I got to I gotta, <laughs> somehow this is going to work out for us. And it gets them into a lot of trouble. But uh, getting back to the point of, yeah, like it's it is about self-preservation because she doesn't want to face that that thought. But what I want women to, to look at is, no, look at it as we're just not the right fit. There's nothing wrong with that. The vast majority of people that you date, whether you like them or not, you don't fit with. Mm. That's reality. I always say you can meet 100 men tomorrow. 99 of them aren't for you. Mm. We have to learn to understand that when we're dealing with the person who is not truly best for us, things are going to go left somewhere. All right. Whether that's feeling unfulfilled, whether that's somebody cheating, whether that's constant arguing, something's going to go wrong because we do not connect correctly. The majority of couples are people in relationships with someone they don't have the strongest feelings for yeah honestly that is the most scary thing i think i could ever imagine i mean my husband talk about this all the time it's like we won't even joke about the word divorce in this household like in the billu household it's called the d word it's like used like voldemort in like harry potter it's like you don't say that word we don't joke about it we don't pretend in an argument in a fun time like mm -hmm. we just don't say it. but at the same time we've both agreed that if if we're unhappy we go to therapy, we do everything we possibly can, we work at it, but that doesn't mean either of us are willing to be in a relationship where we're miserable. And so there is this, like, we need, we both give each other the security to never joke about divorce because we are in it mm -hmm. to win it, you know? But at the same time, I don't want to live a, um, a loveless marriage. Like, yes. you want to talk about a life that I, I, I think I would rather be single. I'd rather be single than be in a loveless marriage or in a marriage that has bed death where you're just not having sex anymore. And mm -hmm. now you're just like roommates. Like that is so heartbreaking. And actually this leads into something I've heard you talk about, about the fear of leaving unhealthy relationships and how a lot of us do stay in relationships way too long yeah. um, out of fear. And so I've heard you talk about many fears that we have. Um, if you don't mind listing a couple of those, and then you've got such amazing advice over how to overcome those fears. Yeah, so... A few of them, and we kind of mentioned it earlier, fear of being alone is a big one, all right? Um, and I'll just elaborate a little bit more on each one. So with the fear of being alone, you know, it's so common, even with men as well. I think that's another thing that gets overlooked, how many men do not like being by themselves, which is why it's so, it's so unfortunate and kind of crazy that there's so many women who really think men don't want relationships. It's not true. They do. These men are not happy by themselves. But... What we're magnifying is the small minority who gets more attention, who may have more reason to not be quick to get in a relationship, who have more reasons to hype up a single life. But in reality, most of these men want to have somebody. Can I ask you a, a very, like, it could be controversial question? Go ahead. All right. 
Do they actually want a relationship, or as they get older, they want someone to take care of them? Because <laughs> there's a big difference. Uh, yes, and, and, and I'll, I'll even say some of them are wait, are, want that same care even when they're younger. <laughs> right. I mean, that's true, right? So yeah. it's like that's very different, and they want a relationship versus they actually don't want to be alone, and so they have someone to take care of. Yes.、Yeah, so okay, and that's a great point. So when we use the word relationship, they're looking for someone that can pour into them. There are a lot of men who, especially they've been coddled by their mothers.、Mm. They're looking for a new mother, you can say, a new mother who has sex with them, essentially.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is having a lot. I do still say a lot more men than women realize do want a relationship, meaning they are fully prepared to pour into a woman. Many、mm. of them to their own detriment.、Mm. All right, which is another problem. See what 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 gets overlooked is the millions of men who. Men have been sold the belief of if you love a woman, you put her on a pedestal, you love her to death, you cherish her, you do everything, and that actually is wrong. All right. Well, let me say this: it's missing context. So what I try to teach, I have a video I did on putting a woman on a pedestal, and my argument, my approach is, you should put her on a pedestal. But she has to understand there are consequences. Now, when I say consequences, I don't mean that in a bad way or an abusive way or anything. It just means that yes, I'm going to give you the world. I'm going to treat you like a queen. I'm going to love you. I'm going to adore you. But if you do not respect, honor, and pour back into me, you don't get to stay there.、Mm. And and removing the pedestal doesn't mean oh I'm going to treat you poorly. No, it means I'm going to leave you. I think the one of the biggest mistakes a man or woman can make. Is to let someone think that no matter what they do, you will stay. Oh God, yeah,、okay? no. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> see what you and Tom, what you described with Tom earlier about you know you guys agreed. Whenever there's an issue, you're going to go to therapy. You're going to do all these things. You guys have an understanding that no, we're not going to stay in a loveless marriage.、Mm. We're not going to be miserable. We're going to work to make it work. We're going to work to be happy. All right. But if someone thinks I can just do nothing, and no matter if I want to, you know, treat you any kind of way. You're gonna stick with me because you love me. Guess what? It's a, it's over.、Mm-hmm. The quality relationship is going down the drain. So I think that men have to understand that yes, treat her. You, you want like you can't let someone. Th- you have to create an environment of why someone would want to even be here. All right. So that's the other thing. What's hitting my、mm-hmm. spirit right now is this is the other issue that women are having as well. Going back to that whole letting a man chase you, letting a man pursue you, even the advice some women are given, where、uh, be with a man who loves you more than you love him. Oh, that breaks my heart. Yes, but the reverse does as well. When guys say, "Well, a happy wife leads to a happy life," that also breaks my heart. Yes, exactly. It has to be a two-sided affair.、Yeah. We have to be pouring into each other. What a lot of men and women are overlooking is the fact that. In these in this new world of playing these games, so again, let him chase you, let him pursue you, all these things. You're neglecting the fact that you're not in creating an environment that he would want to be in. You see, so imagine、mm. if if I am a job, if I'm this, if I'm Google, whoever, right, and I say rather than treat you like an amazing employee, I'm going to make you earn earn working here. So I'm going to treat you like crap, or I'm going to make you jump through all these hoops. Just to be able to stay and work for me, <laughs> at some point, I'm gonna be like, I can't do this anymore. See, my obsession with working here, maybe because it's so prestigious, maybe because I thought it was to be a dream job, will fuel me for a while. But at some point, 
If I'm not being treated amazing, why would I want to stay? Or if I stay, why would I want to give maximum effort? So it's the same thing in romantic relationships. If you create an environment where he has to keep doing for you, keep doing for you, but you're not reciprocating, why would he want to stay or continue to pour into you? So you'll see this dynamic where women will say you have these men who act perfect for the first three months and then it all goes away. And their way of explaining it is these men are playing games. They're not serious. My explanation is, no, sometimes you weren't reciprocating. So why would he want to continue? He was serious. It is very rare for a man who is not genuinely serious to give you 100% maximum effort for a sustained amount of time. It doesn't work that way. Users and players understand they want to get the, the, the most for the least. All right. And their goal is to find a couple things you like to reel you in, but they can't nail them all. It's very rare. There may be, there's always exceptions to the rule. There's some guys who may be master manipulators who will cover all bases. That's extremely rare. Most guys, it's like, okay, he may buy you things, but he barely t- calls you and barely talks to you. All right. Or he may talk to you all the time, but when you're in his presence, he treats you like you're his slave and you got to do everything for him. He doesn't pour back into you. There's going to be something that's lacking that shows you he's not consistent across the board. So all that to say, we just have to be very mindful of in this dynamic. Are we creating an environment that cultivates a healthy relationship? But and the fear is always, well, I don't want to do too much because I'm going to get taken advantage of. Yes. Right. <laughs> But the thing is, how do you expose the person unless you give your true self? Meaning, I always say, like, you, what's the best way to see if someone's going to steal from you? To hide the money or to leave the money out and see what they do? That's so good. I've never All heard right? of that. You're so right. So it's like, what's the best way to see if they'll take advantage of you? To give of yourself. And then once they cross lines that that show you that they're going to take advantage, again, you first address it because it might just be a mistake. It might be a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. But once it's addressed, if they correct it, problem solved. If they don't, they've exposed themselves. And would we not rather to have that exposed as quickly as possible? You know, and I'm not saying act like his wife in the first couple of dates to expose him. But I'm saying this idea of holding so much back doesn't work in your favor. It works against you. Mm. You're only prolonging seeing what do you really have here. You can you can't see the connection as clear as you need to see it. You can't see their intentions as clear as you need to see it. And rather than being afraid of what they will do with it, be confident in yourself that you can handle it when that time comes. So it's almost like someone will say, well, I don't want to um, be affectionate on the date because then he may want sex. But you can tell him no. <laughs> like, so don't be afraid that he may want it. The concern should be that if you tell him no, he doesn't respect it. Mm. And, and, and if you're still saying, well, how, you know, he might be abusive and take it further. Okay, so the precautions you can take are putting yourselves in environments that don't allow that to happen. Right. So, okay, we go to the restaurant. You can be affectionate in the restaurant. He can only go so far in the restaurant. You know, and once he shows he doesn't respect it, yes, now you know, oh, I can't deal with this guy. But you thinking I have to now be closed off and not affectionate because of how he might take it. Now he's over there thinking you're not interested in him. Mm. Dang, maybe she's not serious. Because for men, physical touch, affection, these are signals for them to see, oh, she actually likes me. So when you're withholding that, it's a problem. And we can just use all kinds of examples, but 
I don't even know how we got to this no, point. No, I, but... I, I want to follow up with a question, though, before we go <laughs> okay, off go the ahead, subject. This is so fascinating to me because this is one of these subjects that is it's so confusing. <laughs> so, like, one of the things me and my husband have spoken endlessly about is um, about having sex. And, like, mm-hmm. the first time we had sex, and I remember on our first date, and he was just like, you know, I don't, oh, I don't have sex on the first date. I was like, oh, that's amazing. A guy that admits <laughs> that's fantastic. I'm really, now I'm really comfortable. And then he tried it on with me. So I was like, I perceived you as a liar. And he was like, the truth was, he's like, I, I don't normally like to have sex on the first date. Like he wants to get to know someone. And he was like, but then when we went back, he was like, he was so attracted to me. He's like, his impulse was just like, oh, well, let's just. And so I was like, but you know that I perceived you as a liar. And so that became almost like a little red flag on the early days. And so part of that as well is in that moment, I just had grew, grown up being told all the time, you don't sleep with the guy on the first date because he'll never call you back. Mm-hmm. And that's always very confusing because I had that idea in that first date. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to sleep with him because, you know, like I'm, I'm really enjoying his company. I want to meet up with him again. But it is rather confusing because it's like you are uh, sexually attracted to somebody and you're telling yourself you shouldn't because of the fear that he's going to show interest and then disappear. Mm-hmm. What is that about? Okay, so there's a lot of... <laughs> You got to dissect this, okay? Step on, help us all. <laughs> so let me see which way I want to start with. So let me start with the, the fact that he told you he doesn't have sex on the first date, but still tried. Yeah. I believe that women should not evaluate the man based off the pursuit or the attempt. It's how he handles the rejection. Okay? Because as pointed out in your example... It's true. It happens all the time where men can go into a situation saying, I will not try to have sex with this woman. But impulse, desire, attraction takes over and they push a little bit further than they planned. And like you said, a lot of women will perceive that as you play the game Mm -hmm. to try to do that. And it's like, no, it just in that moment, that's what happened. How you will differentiate the man who's playing a game or the man who's genuine is if you tell him no, does he respect it? And if you tell him I want to wait, does he is he patient with you? A man who's genuinely trying to get to know you, who's serious about you, who likes you, is at least willing to be more patient, all right? Not every man's willing to wait till marriage or whatever the case may be, but he's going to be more willing to wait with you than he would with the woman he's not serious about. Because here's what it it, it boils down to. It's kind of, so I'm going to flip it real quick. There are men who have been coming to me complaining about how women want money so much, how they're meeting women and within the first couple of dates, she's mentioning bills she has to pay or asking for cash apps. <laughs> yes, this is happening, okay? And what I explained, explained to some of these men is that the unfortunate reality is that, and I don't want anyone to internalize this personally, but their own, their their value of you is in those things that they pursue so heavily, all right? And so if a woman really likes a man, she's very cautious about how she handles money with him Mm. as far as asking for it, expecting things from him because she doesn't want him to feel like she's only after money. All right. Mm. You become more concerned when you're really into that person. Well, the same thing happens with men in sex. When a man really likes a woman, he's more concerned about how she perceives his pursuit of it. So he's going to be more careful. He's going to be more willing to be patient. If she says, I want to wait some a little bit, he's going to be like, cool, because the last thing he wants to do is to make you think that's all he's here for. But the guy who only wants sex is going to complain, is going to pressure, is going to ghost you because you don't want to have. You see, he's going to show you because that's where he put his value. 
for you. Now, he may go to the next woman and be patient with her because it's going to be contingent on the individual. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't mean you are not a great woman. So I don't want a woman who hears this to think, well, if he was rushing to have sex, that means I don't bring nothing to the t-. No, no, no. Not. You could be amazing. Yes. But that doesn't mean you're the right woman for him. His, he, he's not wired to see your value. He's not built to handle your value. Oh, that's a nice way of putting it. All he can see is what he wants from you sexually. All right? So once you understand that, it's so much easier. So back to the main point, I think women should focus on it's not the pursuit. Because one quick story, and then we'll move to the other angle of this. I had another client who said she went on this amazing date. Everything was going well. I think they went out to dinner. They went out for a walk. She invites him to back to her house for coffee. All right. This is late at night. I forget. She's in a different country. So it's nighttime. They go back for coffee. They sit on the couch. They start kissing. She's willfully kissing this man. So now in kissing, he attempts to push it further for sex. She gets offended. She goes off on him, kicks him out the house, doesn't want to see him again. And then she's hitting me up saying, why are men all about sex? And I'm like, but wait a minute. All he did was attempt. And he attempted it because if I'm that man, plenty of men would assume that you inviting him back to the house, you inviting him back late at night, you willfully kissing and being intimate with him could be a sign of, yes, let's go further. And what women don't understand is, it's so crazy the things that women don't realize are going on. There have been millions of men who have been told they missed out because they didn't try. Oh. Yes. All right. And not just missed out on having sex, missed out on anything proceeding with this woman. Mm. All right. I even remember me one time going out when, back like in college days, went out with a woman, took her out, didn't even try to kiss her. Again, my mentality was be super respectful, whatever. I don't want to make her uncomfortable. Only to find out later that she was like, she was waiting for a kiss the whole time. Yeah, I've been on a date like that. I'm like, dude, why don't you ever freaking kiss me? It's a date. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, then afterwards, I'm like, well, it clearly doesn't even like me. So, and, and see, and this is this is <laughs> perfect. Uh, it ties into the, the the friend example who the guy did not pay because the last right, woman chewed him right, out. So right. you have this man. He may have tried to kiss the last woman and she told him you're moving too fast. Now he's being slow. And now you're thinking he doesn't like me. And you see how confusing this gets? And that's why, to me, it's more about how people handle the aftermath, Mm. how we handle the conversation afterwards, how we handle the rejection. That says more because the initial attempt could just be a misunderstanding. Mm. Now, going back to... Don't I, have sex in the. Oh. I just want to make sure that everyone that hears that we're not obviously talking about anybody that pushes the boundaries, steps over the boundaries, abuses anybody. Yes. I want to make sure. I know that that's hopefully already assumed, but just in case yes. people get triggered. Good, very good point. So now, in terms of don't have sex on the first date because he won't call you again. So I always believe that that advice is bad. Here's why. I don't. Be- I do believe it's best not to have sex on the first date. I believe telling a woman that the reason why not to is because he won't call you is the wrong approach. Because too many women have seen other women have sex on the first date and get the phone call later. All right. And because, listen, if the sex was great, he probably will come back. Doesn't mean he's seriously interested in you. It just means he wants to hold on to this great sex. The correct advice to me is don't have sex on the first date because you need time to evaluate what you're dealing with. Mm. And doing it so soon can blind you. Sex can easily cloud your judgment. So forget him for a second. Forget his respect. Now listen, there are men out there who will 
not respect you or not call you if you have sex with them too soon. There are tons of other men who don't care. All right. So you never know what you're going to get. So to me, worrying about what the man's perception is, is pointless. Think about how you handled this. Can you properly evaluate this man if you have sex on the first date? Are you going to be okay if you have sex on the first date and he doesn't call you the next day? See, for me, and this is aside from any spiritual beliefs, because again, we can talk about waiting until marriage, but I understand that most people aren't waiting that long. Yeah, assuming it's not a a religious reason. Yes. Thank you. So I always say, don't have sex for a woman until you are comfortable with what happens next. Mm. All right? Because some women are not having sex out of their own desire for it. They're doing it because I want him to like me. I want this to move forward. You know, I'm just enjoying this moment so much. I don't want to mess this up. Let's just go with this flow. They're not truly comfortable. And what a lot of women don't realize is this can backfire in multiple ways. One, again, you had sex with him too soon before you realized he was not serious about you. All right. And now it doesn't proceed as anything else. And now you feel cheated and used. Mm. All right. Also, I want to be very sensitive of how I say this because somebody mentioned to me that some women might take this to heart too much. If you have sex on the first date or any time at any point, the sex now comes into the equation in evaluating if I want to deal with you. Mm. If you as a woman are not truly comfortable yet, your performance won't be as great as you think it'll be. Now, this whole thing can be derailed by a misunderstanding sexually. Mm. So think about it like this. And it happens with men too. If a man, let's say, is very anxious to have sex with this woman and he does it before he's gathered himself properly and now he's one minute in and it's done. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So the quality is horrible. And now he's this great guy, but she's like, man, this sex is so bad. I don't want to move forward. But sex is something that you can learn to be better at. This idea, and that's the other reason why this whole sexual chemistry thing is a little, it's misguided in certain aspects. And that's why connection to me is the foundation to it all. Because as long as there's connection, we can work this out. If there's no connection, then you're right. The sex may just be you don't align with each other. But the point I'm going to make is that in moving too fast and going too soon, if we're not comfortable and confident in that experience, we may have a bad experience. And now our ability to come together is derailed because we're holding on to the fact that the sex wasn't that great. And in today's society, a lot of people don't want to work on trying to learn each other. And again, if we don't have a connection yet, we don't have the desire to want to push past this. Mm. Now, I will say there are tons of women who get with a man even when the sex is bad. It's one of those things that's happening a lot. All right. I've had women who were in relationships for two, three years Man swore he was doing it big in the bedroom and the whole time she never had an orgasm with him, nothing. It wasn't that great, but she didn't want to pass up a great guy. And she wasn't communicating with him, so she was just kind of staying quiet about it. Exactly, exactly. And so that's another problem with sex very soon. Have you established the ability to communicate about things? Because if you have sex too soon, it's not that great, but you're afraid to mess this situation up. You figure, I'm not going to make any complaints. I'm not going to say anything. But now you have to bite your tongue for date three, date four. Now we're months into the years and you've never told them the truth. And now you feel like you can't. And so now, even though you're holding on to this great guy, the sex is bad. And without great sex, we are severely hindering this relationship and the potential for success. It, it will fall apart. Bottom line is if the sex isn't good, it's going to fall apart at some point. All right. 
All that because you jump too fast mm-hmm. without establishing certain foundational principles needed for long-term success. Now, if you're just trying to have a casual relationship, this is a whole different story. Right. But if you're trying to have something real, something sustainable, it is best to wait. But I just think the whole he won't call you, that's not that's not the way we should be looking at it. Mm. Yeah, I love the way you broke it down. And I think for me, it was in that moment, I had seen it my first day with my husband, it was going to be a summer fling. I had to go back to England. He was American. It's not like I actually thought my (laughs) life would end up the way it was or the way it has been. Um, And so to me, it was a fling. But I was like, I really want to kind of like just hang out for the next couple of weeks, have a lot of fun. I was like, well, but I was very attracted to him. And so the only reason why, if I'm going to be honest, the only reason why I didn't sleep with him on the first date is because I was worried that I wouldn't see me on the second date. It wasn't that I didn't want to. I was extremely sexually attracted Mm -hmm. to him. So I made the decision based on the fear that I'd been told would happen that you're saying is actually false. Exactly. But here's the thing. I remember someone said to me one time, Plenty of men have not gotten with a woman because she had sex with him too soon. But I've never heard of a man not being with a woman who waited to have sex with him. If he's really into you, if he had to wait three months and everything's great, he's not walking away because, oh, well, she made me wait three months, so I'm gone now. If he walks away, he was never really that into you and it was never going to go anywhere. All right? But basically what I'm really trying to get at is you're still safer waiting. Right. You're less likely to be penalized by waiting. You're more likely to be penalized by moving too fast. I've even seen examples of, here's the other thing that women don't consider. But again, I don't want this to be a reason why she doesn't do it. Because going back to your your experience, you see, you are worried about he won't see me again tomorrow. Mm. I'm still okay with that. Because again, that means you were not ready to have sex yet. Because God forbid, if he didn't see you tomorrow, then you would have been heartbroken. Yeah. All right? Yeah. I would rather you be at a point where it's like, okay, you know what? So go, rewinding back to where you thought it was going to be a fling. If you went into it saying, I just want to have some fun. I'm attracted to this guy. I just want to do it. Whatever happens, happens. Cool. Do your thing. Because now, if it doesn't progress, you don't feel like you're robbed. Mm. You so, so basically, the woman should do it when it's about the experience itself. Mm. Not what surrounds the experience. Once you start attaching things to it, now you muddy up the situation. And now if this man doesn't meet whatever your expectations were, you feel cheated and used. Same thing happens with men and money. When a man spends a lot of money on a woman so fast trying to impress her and it doesn't turn into anything, he feels like I got used. But he doesn't complain if the sex happens too fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't feel used that way. <laughs> it's so interesting though that we both we both sides have that thing. Yes, it's just different. Yeah. For women, it is typically sex. For men, it is typically money. And so, yeah, I think that you know, again, with, with waiting, it's just a matter of doing what's best for you, what you can handle. Also being honest with yourself. If you're a woman that knows you get very attached after having sex, it, you should think twice about having sex too soon. You you would want to establish, okay, do we have a relationship here? Like to me, that's the woman that should wait to at least a relationship is official. Because again, do you want to become attached to a man who's never going to be with you? This is where it becomes a problem. But it's about being honest with yourself. Some women can handle it. Some women can't. It's like dating multiple men. Some women can handle dating multiple men at the same time and still navigate it with no problem, evaluate each man efficiently. She's good. Other women get overwhelmed by that. It's too much. It's distracting. They can't fully get into it. 
So they shouldn't do it. So when society says, just date as many men as you want to. No, date as many men as you can handle. Have sex when you can handle it. You see? So that you know that you can be okay no matter what happens in this situation. If you do sleep with the guy on the first date, you do some, most, a lot of time get labeled, oh, you're a slut, you're easy, you know. It, you're saying by the general population? But maybe by other guys. It's like, oh, well, she sleeps with people on the first date, she must be yes. easy. And yet, if a guy sleeps with someone on the first date, it's not considered a, necessarily a bad thing from their situation. You're right. So this opens a whole new discussion, right? <laughs> let's, <laughs> but do let's, it, do let's, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, and I want to warn the women. All right. I'm, I'm going to be very honest, but it's always with love and to give, you know, the truth so that they can understand what's going on here. Let's start with the fact that, you know, one argument I've always made is that when a woman says or when women say men don't get judged for sleeping with these women like that. Mm-hmm. I respond with, well, because you guys don't judge them. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're, you're saying, why can't men be held to this same standard? But you're not holding them to that same standard. So if you meet this guy and he sleeps around, but you still embrace being with him, then why would you expect men to be the ones to say, well, no, we should be held to that same standard and you should judge us. No, it's on you. I hate to agree with you, but I agree. Oh, my God. So I, I, you did caveat this before you said it. You're just being honest. Yes. I so appreciate that. And so in real time, I'm going to then respond as well, because I think this is super important to have this. It's true. So so that that that's the beginning of it. But then I think we have to be honest with ourselves about the fact that the process of a man getting sex and the process of a woman getting sex are viewed completely different. And they are completely different. The reality is that the, one of the reasons why men are not judged the same is because for a man to sleep with women, he has to present a level of value. The average person is going to say, what's great about him that he can be getting all these different women? Is he just a smooth talker? Does he have money? Is he packing? You know, whatever. <laughs> like you're thinking something is great about this dude that he can get all these women, and more specifically, if they're desirable women, if they look like women that, well, dang, a lot of men would be happy to have that, and he's just getting this one and that one. So now it actually can intrigue a woman because she wants to know what's so special about him, okay? But now let's flip it. A woman having sex with a bunch of different men doesn't require any special talent. It doesn't require... All it requires is for her to say she's open for business. I hope that doesn't sound too bad, but that's really what it is. Like, like you know, it, I, I use this analogy before where if a straight man walked into a bar and says, I'm here for sex, right? <laughs> <It's> like, uh-huh, <laughs> People are going to look at him like he's crazy, all right? And he's probably walking out with nothing, okay? <laughs> if a woman walks in and says, I'm here for sex, there's a line of guys who are going to come to her. Whether outright or maybe like behind the scenes, they're going to try to creep their way to her. They're coming. All she has to say is, I'm willing. So now the woman is viewed like you're giving this away so freely to men rather than you're getting these men to sleep with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's why it immediately gets viewed differently because it's like, why aren't you holding to a higher standard and being more selective of who you give this to? Because you can give it to whoever you pretty much want to. And that's the thing. 
I think also we have to, and I kind of mentioned this on uh, Lewis's show, where I think we're, we're, we're running away from biological facts about men and women, all right? And I think that this fight for equality is, is going against the need for balance mm-hmm. and an understanding of our differences that create harmony. So one of the things I mentioned is how the argument that women want sex just as much as men. I think it's pure nonsense, okay? I think a woman could want sex as much as a man, all right? So there are are women out there with extremely high sex drives. But on average, women are not wired to want sex as much as men. Simply looking at testosterone and estrogen. Mm -hmm. Testosterone increases libido. If you gave a woman testosterone injections, libido goes up. Any woman who started to work out will tell you she started to feel hornier after Mm -hmm. she started working out consistently because it's raising her testosterone, which raises her libido. So we naturally have a higher libido, a higher desire, a higher need for sexual interaction than the average woman does. So when we engage in that, we're going to be viewed differently than the woman engaging in that because it's viewed more so as this biological need that we're trying to manage. Whereas the woman, and and if we're honest, a lot of women who are very promiscuous, there tends to be something else going on behind that. It's not just sex driven. I'll give you one example. I knew a girl and and I'm someone who I don't judge anyone. And, you know, if a woman's promiscuous, I'm not judging her neither. But I do understand that there may be deeper issues at play sometimes. But with this woman, this is going to sound crazy, but she had slept with three guys and they were all friends. Okay. And we're talking about it. And I said, I said, what are you doing? I said, I know you can't tell me those three men are satisfying you sexually. So what's your motive here? And she stopped and she said, you know, you're right. It was kind of the thrill of it. Like the actual content of sex wasn't what it was. It was, I guess, this idea that she can get all three of these guys and that made her feel a certain kind of way, empowered. And she was riding off of that high. But the actual sex was mediocre at best, you know? And so this, a lot of times for a lot of women, again, it doesn't mean there aren't women out there with high libidos who are being driven by their own true sexual desires. But even when it comes to sleeping on first dates and stuff like that, a lot of these women do it because they want the man to like her. Not because she has this desire, I I really just want it because I want it. Can that happen? Of course, but it's it's other things. I had another woman once where she was told growing up by her father she was ugly and that she was only good for laying on her back. So she became a very promiscuous woman, but it wasn't because she was so so much enjoying the sex. It's because she felt like that's her only value in life. So she just continuously gave herself to men in that way. So it's, it's, it's just that we have to understand that what leads to those behaviors are very different for men and women in the vast majority of cases. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, that leads to a different view or quote unquote judgment on those individuals because they're engaging in such acts. And, and I think everyone has to be honest with themselves about the why. Why are you actually doing this? You know, if it is really who you are and you are happy and at peace as a woman, then you have to just accept that regardless of how society may view you, you're living in your truth, mm-hmm. all right? And, and be at peace with that. 
but we're never going to get the rest of the world to always look at things the way that we want to look at them or we want them to look at it. And we shouldn't let them stop us from being who we truly are. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm glad you said that. I was definitely going to say, look, if a woman just wants to have sex all the time and she's freaking enjoying it, guys, go ham. Like, mm-hmm. there should be, you even said earlier, like, no judgment. Like, if that's the thing that you love and you really do and you've assessed, like, is this maybe from childhood? Is there any trauma? And you've said, oh, no, actually, I just freaking love the act of sex. <laughs> go ham people go ham (laughs) enjoy the sex like that's super important i never want to judge women like that and the whole idea that women need to wait for marriage like i don't agree with any of that i'm always just like what is the thing that you really want to do that's authentically you and then do it but just know it may be perceived whether it's right or wrong it may be perceived in a certain way yes and with you breaking it down i think that's really just like very transparent and honest and so i go instead of battling like no that's not right go okay if this is truth now how can i show up knowing everything and the whole biological thing by the way i'm so glad you said that because i don't ever think like i'm definitely like absolute all about equality female empowerment Mm. but i don't think that that means that we are the same like it doesn't mean that by by saying no men and women are, are not the same doesn't mean that women are less than exactly it just means that we're not the same and that we show up in very different ways but we are equal yeah and i and i always view it as we are equal to the success of this relationship. We are equal to the success of society. We cannot thrive in this world without each other. We need each other. So we're equal in this sense. But now after that, there's going to be differences. Mm-hmm. And one of the other examples I want to bring up that I feel has happened due to this push of saying women want sex just as much as men or women are just like men is where in a lot of marriages, there's a huge disconnect sexually. Because if you're telling a man that women are just like us. Well, then that man thinks, why do I need to give you foreplay? Why do I need to mentally stimulate you? Why do I need to make sure you're good outside of the bedroom to be good inside the bedroom? Why do we need any of these extra things? Because when I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. So if you're like me, you should be ready to go when it's time to go. So when you now tell a man that no, you have to nurture these other aspects of a woman for her to be more sexually receptive to you, he thinks that's crazy talk. Because all he's been told is, well, they're just like us. But that's not true. Women need, if a woman emotionally or mentally is in a completely different place, she cannot enjoy herself sexually. All right? If she's too much in her head, she's not going to experience the same level of enjoyment that that man will. That's why I kind of make this joke where, you know, sex for a lot of couples is when the man goes to work, he always gets paid. Orgasm. But when the woman goes to work, Sometimes she gets paid and sometimes she doesn't, okay? Some women aren't getting paid at all. And so... Women better bloody get paid, my friend. (laughs) Exactly. But if you're not getting paid, why would you want to come to work? Yeah, yeah. All right? So the thing is, if we don't understand the differences in order to tap into and nurture those things, we can't create better sexual harmony Mm. and better sexual results. You see, if men understood more that nurturing that emotional and mental aspect of her... Is going to allow her to be more relaxed. If you learn you have to create an environment where she doesn't feel judged and she feels safe, she can now let go sexually. Now we get to tap into the true potential of what this could be. But if you keep telling them we're the exact same, they're not going to understand that. Mm. In, in realizing this, this was one of the things that actually helped me and my husband in our marriage was saying, oh, okay, women need love to want sex. Men want sex to to feel the love. Yes. <laughs> and that it almost just 
doing a blanket statement like that obviously is very blanket statement mm-hmm. but it allowed me and my husband to understand why like if I haven't felt connected to him and then he'll come up to me and like try and make a move and I'm like babe, we haven't even been con- we've barely spoken exactly. and now you're trying to grab me <laughs> like you know and put me into bed and but that's how he needs to then feel the love to then pour into me and yet the other way around is I need to know that it's not going out for dinner that he really wants. It's the sex first and then going out for dinner. And then just kind of knowing the difference between the two really does allow us to use the communication, because that's the biggest part, to then come reconnected. And I don't then interpret him making the move as dismissive to, you know, our connection emotionally. Yeah. And I think I may have said this to you before, but um, it, I think it was Sting that basically he did like, People were saying, oh, Sting has tantra sex and he has sex for like nine hours. Mm. And then he did this interview and he's like, I don't have sex for nine <laughs> hours. He's like, I get up in the morning and I make my wife coffee. I then make sh- I take her out for brunch and then I buy her flowers and then I take her home and run the bath. That's the nine hours of the yeah. sex. Right? It's just, it just, it is a stepping stone to the yes. actual intercourse. But it's the nine hours of the foreplay, the like making sure they feel it. And in just knowing that, there's no judgment. It's just in knowing that now you know how to show up for your partner. You know exactly. how to give the gift they want, not the gift you want. Yes. And again, it's, it's, and, it, and it boils down to understanding and accepting our differences. Mm. Because again, we don't need all that. Right. We don't. But you guys do, and there's nothing wrong with either side. It's just how we're wired as human beings. And there's beauty in that because it brings a level of balance to the relationship. You know what I'm saying? And the reality is that, listen, even though we may not need those things, we can still take enjoyment mm. in those things, you know? And it's the same way. Even though the woman wants the intimacy, it doesn't mean she doesn't enjoy the sex. She just needs the non-sexual intimacy too. Mm. She needs all of it. And that's why how we create this amazing relationship. I also want to mention, just for the sake of those who are watching, like we talked about if a woman wants to just have sex, have the sex. Now, of course, for me, there's that spiritual aspect. And that's why I like even waiting till marriage or whatever. I'll say this. I think it's if everyone could, I think the world would have been a better place. Do you? Yes. Okay. I think if everyone could have. But I realize we're way past that. <laughs> okay, And it's very difficult for most people. That's why I encourage at the very least, wait till you know what you're getting yourself into. Wait till you know that you are at peace and comfortable with whatever's going to happen next. Mm. Like to me, I don't want women to have sex with the idea of, well, if I have sex with him, he should be calling me tomorrow. Mm. He should be liking me. He should want more. No, you should have it because you want to experience that. You are okay with just the, having the experience. And now whatever happens after that is kind of the, a side note. It isn't the main goal from actually having the sex, mm-hmm. you know, because if he doesn't call you and that's what you were waiting for. Now you feel used. You feel hurt. Now it has a negative impact on you. But if you did it for the experience and nothing materializes, you'll still be able to say, okay, well, I did what I wanted to do. I enjoyed it. Things didn't work out, but you know, I don't feel cheated forgiving myself in that way. Mm. And that's what I want women to avoid. And I love that. For that reason, a thousand percent. The thing that I've just heard a lot more of now that more women are more comfortable talking about sex is that they, they think that maybe they have to wait. But the truth is sexual pleasure, especially with a woman, um, 
there's an exploration there. And I know a lot of women actually in their older life where they didn't explore, they got with somebody young, they got with maybe they married the first person they slept with. And then in their old adulthood, they realized maybe they've got divorced. Like, oh my God, this is what sex was? You know, women in their fo- late 40s and 50s, they're like, what? I've been missing out all these years because they didn't know any different. Yeah. And so part of me, and look, I'm not saying that you have to go have sex with other people to then understand your body and what pleasures mm-hmm. you actually that should be really the key right is that maybe practice on yourself and you know i'm a big advocate for masturbation and porn Mm. it's like (laughs) you should know what you like but we i was brought up definitely not talking about any of that so i didn't think about it and it wasn't until i definitely had slept with other guys before i met my husband and it wasn't until tom that i was like Oh, this is what sex is. I was like, holy smokes. Like, what have I been doing this whole time? Um, but it literally was like, I mean, you know, it wasn't until Tom who then uh, helped me actually get comfortable within myself. Now, look again, I don't think we should wait for somebody else to allow us to get comfortable within our own se- mm. ourselves. But there is that element of if you wait and you're not necessarily exploring your own body, you could miss out on the magic of sex in case your partner and you don't actually gel completely sexually. So so here's here's the way I look at it now. Because I, I used to, the same as you, I, was, I used to be a huge, like, people should masturbate, porn, all that kind of stuff. I've kind of veered away from that mm-hmm. for a few reasons. Before I even get to that, let me say this. I think the... The idea of, you know, we wait and we end up sleeping with someone and the sex isn't that good and so we kind of missed out or whatever. I feel that as long as we have a connection, everything can turn out amazing, mm-hmm. all right? The connection is the true foundation to the great sex because you have mm-hmm. plenty of examples of people who had sex initially. It was great and over time it completely fell off and went mm-hmm. to trash because there was no connection to sustain it. Because at the core of great sex is two people willing to fulfill the desires of the other. All right? That's what it really boils down to. If one or the other is selfish, the sex is not going to be that great. All right? So if you don't have a connection, that means you're not deeply into this individual. You don't have this deep, uh, strong desire to make them happy and to please them. Well, your ability to show up in the bedroom in that way is completely diminished over time. Mm. Because initially, people are writing off of the pride. I want to show up and show them what I can do, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) and and put on a whole show. But if they don't like you enough, they're not going to consistently want to please you. Mm. It now becomes about them. And now we create this huge disconnect in the bedroom. So I think we have to start with, if the concern is great sex for the the long term, we have to start with connection. Then I think the reason why I kind of veered from porn and masturbation and things of that nature is because one, so I'm not, I'm not going to say that people haven't been able to do it and keep it within a healthy uh, box, so to speak, right? But for a lot of people, they can't handle it. Mm. And it creates this, this environment where people now start to rely more on themselves. So it's almost like if we're married and I have porn and masturbation as an outlet, the minute that, let's say, you're not in the mood for whatever reason, rather than me trying to understand what the problem is and correct it, I run to porn and masturbation. Mm. I'm always running to these mm. outlets because now that it's always been there, it becomes second nature. It can actually create greater detachment between two individuals. Now, again, some people have been able to manage it and it doesn't cause that problem. 
A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. Even with toys, it can get tricky because yes, you could use it to enhance the experience, but some people end up, it becomes the real alternative. And, and then it becomes the number one thing. They're actually going more to that than their partner. And so to me, if we, if we eliminate or at the very least try to minimize those things as best as possible and we focus on learning each other and learning each other's bodies, like I feel like a lot of people have great sex off of the energy of it. And yes, there's a level of skill involved and things of that nature. But you have yet to master their body. You don't know every single point on her body that reacts this way and feels that way. Once you take time to master the person's body, you will be on a level that no one else can match because the casual situation doesn't even have time to get that in tune with the individual. Okay, we can only achieve that level of mastery through a a prolonged situation or long term relationship. We need time to build into that. I also think going back to the point of women having sex very soon, I think what women don't consider is that a lot of women, when they have sex very early on, they're still not completely comfortable. So they may have wanted to do it, but they're not comfortable yet. So they're not coming with their A game. It might be more like CC plus. <laughs> now, <laughs> so depending on what that man, that man's uh, scale of what is great to him, that C plus could cause him to look at you like, oh, I can't be with her because the sex is subpar. Not knowing that, no, you have a whole nother level to go to that you haven't shown him yet, but you're not comfortable to go there yet. You need to warm up to it. So this is where it can become a problem because if you're going to have sex soon and you don't come with it or you don't come with what you really are sexually, you're giving a misrepresentation of yourself. Mm -hmm. And now you might get lucky and to where that level is good enough for him to still be happy and not think anything wrong with it. But to a very experienced guy, he might be thinking, oh, no. And it reminds me of this situation where, like, again, back in college, I had this guy friend and he would say if a woman doesn't give him oral sex, uh, when they have sex for the first time, he's not dealing with her no more. Wow, like right? straight That's up That's it, it's done. He's like, if, if she can't do that with the sex, no, forget it. And I said to him, I said, listen, man, she just may not be comfortable yet. Mm. Like, mm. give it a couple times. You might see something change. No, no, that's crazy. If she don't want to do it the first time, forget her. I said, trust me, just give her a chance. So the next time he had a situation like that, he waited. And it was like by the third time they engaged, not only did she do it, it was like super amazing. And I said, you see, you never know. Mm. But this is the problem with having sex too fast without establishing a strong foundation and also being more transparent about what we like sexually and, and, and how we what what is our high level? Because, OK, it's one thing to say, listen, I using oral sex as an example, I truly believe in it. I engage in it. But it takes me time to feel comfortable giving that to a guy. Or you'll have some women say, I, I enjoy it, but I want to at least have an official relationship. But people don't have those conversations. Mm-hmm. So when it doesn't happen, his assumption is you just don't do it. Mm. You just don't like doing it. And if that's important to me, well, that's a deal breaker. Situation's dead. I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, no, I mean, that that was so amazing. And as you were talking, I was like, wow, it really is going back to like the, the difference between us is that I think a lot of women, and again, I'm just going to speak for myself, I really did need the trust. And I think that that's probably a big part of why I was so enamored by Tom. And I was like, this is what sex is. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. It was because I 
trusted him. I was able to really let my guard down. Yes. I, um, and so when I think we're able to do that, you do then, I mean, when you think about orgasms, right, let's just kind of go deeper into this. Mm-hmm. Like your body needs to relax. It needs to yes. kind of give over. But if you're not in a relationship or a sexual relationship where you feel that super safe and secure and trust them, then it may be harder, you know. No, 100%. So a story I have is there was a woman, she was in a relationship uh, for a few years. During that whole time, no orgasms, all right? None at all. They finally get married. Orgasm city. It's like the walls burst wide open and she's free at last, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Then unfortunately, a few years into marriage, he was in the military, he cheats on her, orgasm stopped. And it's the most perfect example of if the woman does not feel safe and secure and and what what brings that safety and security will vary with each woman. Right. But -hmm. if she doesn't feel safe and secure, it will be very difficult for her to be comfortable enough to open up, not just open up enough to enjoy the experience at its fullest, Mm -hmm. but open up to present herself or, or what she does for him in that experience. And so that's why that's a huge key. And that's why. Women have to be honest with themselves about what level of security and safety that do you need? And let's talk about that. Let's understand. And there's nothing wrong. Yes, for some women, they may not be able to be that relaxed until they have a committed relationship or marriage, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to me, I would argue if that's what you need, then don't have sex until you get that. Mm -hmm. Whatever that is that allows you to really be free and let loose, because now this is when we really see how great we mesh sexually Mm -hmm. When we're not holding back anymore. Another thing to consider, though, is I, I know of situations. If I'm honest, I've experienced this. I'm just gonna put my business yes, out the there. Yes, right? that's the truth. <laughs> Where I remember one time. This sounds so bad, but I'm just gonna keep it real. One time, I was having sex with a woman, and I'm very in tune. I, I just think there's something that God gave me that is very in tune, picks up on energy, very observant. So even in the process of sex, I, I catch certain things. Mm. I could feel her body was reaching, about to reach orgasm, and she would stop it. Okay? Every time she would stop it. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? So afterwards, we kind of had a conversation about it. Not like directly afterwards, but another time. And I brought to her attention. I said, yo, I feel like every time you kind of pull back. And long story short, she kind of expressed how she felt basically if she let go and allowed herself to reach that point, it would cause her to be so much more attached to me. And at that time, we didn't have an official relationship. It was more of a casual thing. So this was kind of her safeguarding herself and not allowing herself to fall too deep. So a lot of women hold back because they're afraid that if I let go and really allow myself to enjoy this, forget just even orgasm, just enjoy this at a greater level, I will struggle more. With detaching from this man, if he's not already providing that safety and security. And so it creates this disconnect. And again, it it can throw things off in that relationship. And, And I think it's also a sign of, then don't do it. If you have to hold back like that, that means you're not feeling safe and comfortable. That means you haven't reached that level where you can open up, discuss it. And if that man is unwilling to provide that, then don't even have sex with him. Because now you're only selling yourself short. You're selling the experience short. And it's not going to help you get what you want anyway. So just walk away from it. 
God, that's so true. There is that moment of like, you know yourself well enough, you know, like if I do this, oh, I'm like, I've opened the floodgates. Yes. <laughs> like there's almost like no returning from it. Um, and so I think especially if you've been scorned in the past, and I get it, right? I understand if you've had heartbreak in the past, if you felt used in the past, there are going to be those moments where you're like, oh, oh don't go there. You've been there before. Mm-hmm. You saw where it got you. So just stop at this, this line right here. And not being able to maybe go slowly over the line. But like I said, it's either kind of the doors are shut or the floodgates open. Um, And there is that fear that what if I go backwards? What if I end up being that person that let them walk over me, use Mm -hmm. me again? I'm so fearful that I'm going to keep these doors shut forever. Yes. And And that shows that healing is needed. Working to be confident and freaking badass can be very difficult. Now, I get it, guys. I get it. Kicking ass and taking names takes energy. But when it comes to micronutrients, you're like, wait, how much vitamin B do I need? It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energized, which, of course, are all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass. So it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with AG1. Now, if you're a long-time listener, you might know that I've actually been supporting AG1 for many years now. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, That actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So, guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com slash Lisa. That's drinkag1.com slash Lisa. Go check it out. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. What up, my homie? First, I just want to actually thank you. Like from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, absolutely thank you for your support, your support for me, your support for the show, Women of Impact. Like you have no actual idea how much this really means to me when I had that original vision of what I wanted to do and no one was listening. So thank you. Thank you for being here and actually supporting other women along this journey. And I'm going to be honest, if you actually want to level up your confidence game, my homie, then check out Women of Impact's subscription channel. It's specifically designed to help you in every aspect that you're looking for. Now, here's what you get. You get new episodes delivered ad-free. You get exclusive access to listen to Women of Impact roundtable discussions, weekly motivation, previously unreleased episodes, and that's just the beginning. Subscriber only access to an additional four podcasts with hundreds of archived Women of Impact episodes meticulously, meticulously curated into theme playlists and updated weekly so that you get the dose that you need. So if you're looking to boost your confidence, then go and check out the Get Confidence playlist. If you want to repair, 
heal or start a relationship, then go check out Love Lab. And if you're wondering how you get your health back on track so that you can keep showing up to have the confidence that you're looking for, then go check out Health Hub. And of course, this wouldn't be complete without my weekly boost of mini motivations from moi. That's right, it will have you strutting down the street with your head held high, feeling like a freaking badass. And guess what the playlist is called? The Badass Boost, of course. So guys, don't settle for mediocrity when you can absolutely be extraordinary. So guys, subscribe to Women of Impact channel today on Apple Podcasts or Supercast. But no matter where you're listening, guys, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or any other platform, make sure you're following so you don't miss out on other episodes. And don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on this episode, our incredible sponsors and upcoming events.